Cheers. Cheers. Rich um, and I. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, Dylan, we finally meet again. Um, I've been trying. I've been chatting with you for a long time, trying to make this happen, and we've never coordinated schedules. We're talking about just dad life and all that. Um, quick introduction of yourself, Dylan Gower. Oh man, owner operator of Kojito Jiu Jitsu, right? Long time friend now, long time training partner. Um, wh where did it all begin? Like, cause you, you're from Virginia, is it? Yeah. Well. I was born in Savannah. Okay. And then uh, I moved to Virginia like 95 or 96 or something. I was in like between first and second grade. Okay. And um, that was kind of, oddly enough, it started my jujitsu journey because I just played in the neighborhood with kids and stuff. And, um, or I say martial arts journey, but I used to play with the kids in Savannah, just ride bikes and jump ramps and get in trouble. And, um, we moved and didn't know anybody. Okay. So my parents put us in baseball. And the worst of sports. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I had, it's the worst. I had fun in baseball. Don't get me wrong. I made some cool plays. We had like an undefeated season while they made it to the all star team. And that's here in Orlando? Like, no, that was in Virginia. Oh, I got it. So you. we moved to Virginia uh, in like 95 okay. and didn't know anybody. So they, they put us in baseball. Um, and my brother and I were on the same team and, you know, ha had some fun times, but fell out of love with team sports for sure because. You know, one guy doesn't make a play, and I'm like, well, I made the plays. How can you fail? I'll, I got to sit here the whole time and sit for the baseball game, and then we lose because you dropped the ball. <laughs> Literally. You know, so team sports didn't, you know, weren't my thing. Um, but my one of my teammates was uh, was a black belt, you know. Oh. Yeah, oh. he was a black belt. In? In Taekwondo. Of course. Tang Sudo, maybe? Or no, no, not Tang Sudo. Tang, Tang, or uh, well, Tang Sudo is making a big resurgence Tang. after uh, Cobra Kai. Yeah, so. that's funny. Yeah, so, but but I, I, I can't. Uh, Doji, no, something Doji. Uh, Doji with the with the thing. It's called. The, it's a Doji. Just like yeah. a, I forget what the what the what the school was. But anyway, so my one of my teammates was the was a black belt, but he was the son of the instructor, right? And so the guy that taught him was his dad. He was he was there around. Right? This guy Vinny Short. Um, you remember his name? Oh, yeah. I'm friends awesome. with him on Facebook. Are you? Oh, really? Oh, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, cool. for sure. He's like old hippie, like ponytail, braided ponytail down to his butt. Like, you know, looks like, looks like, uh, like Willie Nelson or, you know. Yeah, really? Oh, like, yeah. Wait, yeah, how, how much older is he? He's uh, our he's, age. He's like, no, he's like my dad's age. He's probably, oh, his teacher, his dad is. Yeah, his dad. Okay, his not, dad, his dad. Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so he's like, he's like, you know, 50, 60, something like that. You know what I mean? Right. Um, he's, he's a little older. And, um, anyway, he, uh, I started doing Taekwondo and that was my start in martial arts. And I think I was, you know, third grade or something Every, like that. probably kid born in the eighties. It's probably their yeah. first, that or like karate, right? Well, so. I feel like, um, certain martial arts just have their heyday in America. Yeah. You know, it was karate or it was Kung Fu or and, know, and it was judo boxing. It was boxing. Point, yeah. It was judo. It was, yeah. You had a lot of different uh, phases of the martial arts in, in, in the States that were the popular ones. A lot of the Taekwondo just turned into karate or vice versa. They didn't change. Or anything. actually, they just marked themselves <laughs> just, as karate okay. because it's, you know. It, exactly right. Nothing changed. The <laughs> same stuff. And but, how long did you do that? Probably two years. It seemed like forever. You know, did some tournaments. Okay. How, what what, what belt did you get to? I, 
green and black belt or something. Okay, with a so one of them fucking. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. You know, want some like some some bow staff, nice. you know, patterns and like sparring and you know just, just did a couple competitions and um and then another move oddly enough into that. Well, I started skateboarding okay. and then moved just to another town and it was too far away from that guy, so we didn't go anymore. My dad kept training. He became I think a fourth degree black belt. That's what I'm going to ask you. Yeah. So you, that's awesome. Like your yeah. dad, he's a lifelong martial artist. Yeah. Lifelong right? martial art. Why? You know, lifelong. I don't think he started martial Well, he, he started with us <clears throat> at the same time. We all started as a family. My mom, dad, both my brothers. And we all started like a group class. There was only one class. There's this little community center, you know, and the guy was legit. You know, it wasn't like a soft class. We did push ups and we had to like do like, you know, it's, um, yeah, it, as they all were. As, yeah. You know, well, sure. In the 90s, you know, before um, they became concerned with money. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It was just a side hustle. Yeah. He was, he was a contractor. I remember he always had like, you know, he, he has a little Toyota truck <laughs> over the back and there was buckets of whatever nails and tools and stuff in the back, you know. So it was just something he did on the side um, for the passion. But um, that was my, you know, my start. And uh, I stopped, quit skateboarding, and that was my life, my whole life. And then, um, I would imagine like things like balance probably translated well. Um, oh man, impact, right? Uh, yeah, and well, I mean, just foot dexterity, right? Yeah, and, and think about one of the things. What's up, man? How are you? Good to see you, bro. Yeah. Um, what is one of the, the number one things that stops people from coming into jiu-jitsu or martial arts in the first place? What stops them from doing a role with a higher belt? Fear. Fear. Yeah. Okay. Well, skateboarding is fear. Skateboarding is all fear. All fear. Okay. And my style of skateboarding, I, I don't do real technical stuff or do I never have. I like going really fast and doing big things. And it's always really scary. But it's only – a little bit more every trick that's that i'm learning is only like a, a little bit more difficult than the last trick that i already knew okay right so it's only like a little it's like oh i've been at naga black belt i'm gonna go do ivy or whatever you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. It's, it's like i've done one step i could do the next you know i compete at white belt i compete at blue belt you know it's not like you're getting thrown into the woods you know um you, you just feel have like you always wanted to compete because you said you did competitions in taekwondo and that sort of thing I, well that was just kind of i was like forced on it it was like hey there's a competition you want to do it i'm like yeah i guess so you know okay. and, um but i always had competitive you know i had a big brother you know and it's always, always competitive um and then yeah just fast forward you know through all the skateboarding i i, I got to um i was probably 18, I had to be 18. I remember signing the waiver myself, you know, but the UFC was just becoming like a thing. Like, on And this TV. is now here in Florida? No, I was still in Virginia at this time. Oh my gosh, okay. Yeah, I'm still in Virginia at the time. And, and my dad's still training at at a place, and as you know, he's an instructor. And um, and they and they bring in a jujitsu guy. And I'm like, oh, it's jujitsu. Cool, this is like what they have in the UFC. And this is like right around the time it's on Spike and, you know, the Ultimate Fight and all this. Yeah. Like That's like when I started watching, like, it was six or seven or whatever, um, around then. And um, and so I went in and just immediately was like, let's go. And it was guy Tim Lisbon, you know, awesome guy, awesome guy. Like, a, like, you, like you still remember his name? Oh, yeah. That's, that's, awesome. that's, that's, still, that's so know, awesome. He, yeah, yeah, I know him. Yeah, he, and, um, and, some of the lessons he taught me are very valuable. 
you know? Um, and, and so I'm thankful for every step I've had, like in the martial arts, you know, or in, in my life. And I've seen the connections, you know, of, of, uh, the links between like, and this was jujitsu or, oh, no, or jujitsu, like, you know, Gimbu Khan, Nimpo Taijitsu. Okay. But it sure is. But sure, uh, <laughs> like, what was your experience with that? Like, I it mean, it was honestly really cool. I did it because I wanted to see if I could fight. Like, oh, can I get punched in the face? Look at these guys in MMA getting punched in the face. That's like it hurt. Can I do that? Well, I'm going to train jujitsu. And it wasn't that. I was like, oh, okay. this was, is a keto. It was a keto, essentially. Yeah. Okay, we did a lot of like wrist, all the wrist locks, no grab here, this side. But we did all the judo break falls, rolls and break falls. That was part of warm-up every day. We did break falls. And the sister school, there was a training in Leesburg, Virginia, and in Frederick, Maryland, there, it was the sister school. And the instructor there is now actually a purple belt under uh, Hinata Tavares. Oh, really? But he was a, a fifth-degree black belt in judo. And so I went there a couple of days a week and started learning judo. Oh, nice. Because I want to learn, you know, throws. And, oh, they spar up there. And there was a guy that trained. Um, oddly enough, oh, man, you, you just interviewed Scott. And, and uh, a guy that Scott knows, I think, worked with way back then, uh, this guy, Brian Isaac. Uh, he had trained with Ryan Hall. And he was, like, I think a blue belt back then. But he – was in a black belt at this nin ninjutsu place with judo. Okay. And so I got to train with them, like on the ground, like with him and, and this other guy. I went, man, Dan, was, there's was a bunch of, I, I can't remember. The, so the what name. was your experience? With, so doing judo, was it what we think of as kind of sport judo now, or was it more? Well, it was definitely a blend. Like we did some weapons. I did like, like, size and like, judo yeah well like because it was a it was okay it was yeah, like ninja yeah, class yeah. but then he also did judo and then he was like hey there's this judo competition you guys want to like yeah so we all trained and we were doing doing all your randori and doing judo stuff and we all went and competed and um and it was awesome i mean i don't think how what rank did you achieve one, i was a yellow belt or okay. something you know i got a yellow belt before i left and that was kind of weird because i was still like under tim and he was mm. like, well, you wear this when you're here. Huh. You know, Tim hadn't promoted me. I was a white belt. and That's such a weird thing. We'll have to discuss that later. It's such a weird thing, right? It just, <laughs> it's kind of a weird thing. Um, so I, I ended up getting my yellow belt after competing. Okay. Um, and um, which is a whole other story. Man, my, my first judo competition, first match, first judo competition, I had to go against a guy with, I think he had multiple sclerosis. Wait, what? The guy I competed I, against had multiple sclerosis. Like, you oh, know, when they walk with, like, the arm braces? Are you serious? I, yes. So I saw How this How is this guy, legal? Okay, I saw this guy roll in on a wheelchair. I'm like, and he had a gi on. I'm like, oh, cool, this guy's competing today. And I, I don't know, I'm mad if fist bumped him or whatever, you know? Right, like, yeah. You like, know, like, like, just saw him in the morning. And I was like, oh, cool, man. This guy's here doing judo. And um, my match comes up, or oh, they called all the – white belt, lowest lowest weight class, you know, because I was 110 pounds, 120 pounds soaking wet. And um, and I go sit up by the edge of the, the ring, and this guy's just over here doing push-ups. And he's bigger than me. So I'm like, oh, this guy's over here doing push-ups. Um, and I didn't recognize him as the guy that was in the wheelchair because he wasn't in the wheelchair. The wheelchair was nowhere to be seen. There was no crutches anywhere. Hmm. And he was just in a gi. So everyone's sitting down. 
Right. He just starts doing a bunch of push-ups, and he's getting warm. And I'm then they call us up, and he, I'm up with him, and I'm like, oh, oh. And he has a color belt too. I don't remember what belt he was, but like handicap rules, and they, they put him in the lowest belt rank with the lowest weight. Oh, okay. And we started gripped. Really? Yes. Because is he? Can he stand? Well, not really on his own. So it's blind. They they started like handicap rules or blind rules in judo, is a thing. Or is it really? Yeah. So they start gripped, so huh. they can like they go, boom, and they start. Now they can. Play. Really? Yeah. Oh man, I've I've officiated blind people and 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 not, uh, not and, and um handicap like no like no legs. Uh, some some crazy things you have, you have to like make adjustments for the rules. Like oh, their knees are already on the floor, but yeah, like how do you <laughs> how do you pass guard? <laughs> so, so, <laughs> certain yeah, things you're like okay, no, they're still standing. You have to like modify it, you know, kind of on the spot, you know. But anyway, so the guy basically falls on me. Dives in for a double leg. This is 2000. This is a judo competition. Yes. And this is 2006. Yeah, where you can still grab legs. I think, yeah. So you can still grab legs. And um, so he tried for a double leg because that's all, you know, if he got my legs, I couldn't imagine because he was like, you know, jacked. He was, he was a big guy. So, I mean, like, he's, he's got the upper body. I've got the upper body. Of somebody who is, if they had legs, would be like 200 pounds. No, he's probably not that big. I'm going to say he was, honestly, he probably weighed like 150, but had almost no legs. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, like, like 120. I mean, I, I, I'm so, sitting here making excuses for but, you, but, but, but maybe, at the same time, it's like, eh, But maybe, you know? okay, but, 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 but I basically just moved out of the way, and I turned him over. I was like, oh, okay, like, pin him. I didn't really know what to do. I was like, should I throw him? Like, I don't know, that kind of seems like a, a dick move to hug this guy. You know? <laughs> right, like, what do you, yeah, like, how do you... Just to start, like, I don't know, I'm nervous to compete for my first ever tournament, my first ever thing, and I've got this extra added layer of, like... My like what's the etiquette? Him? Yeah, like this is it. I, what am I supposed to do? I don't, I don't know. Um, so it worked out because I, you know, I, I, I rolled him over to case a Tommy, you know, yeah. and, and I, and I, and I held him, but holding him, panning him, he had no legs. Well, no use of his leg. He couldn't bridge, and he just grabbed me with his arms wrapped around me, like the worst technique you should ever do, right? And he just started like bam bamming me though, just like boom. <laughs> Hey, Kazushi is a thing, though, right? No, no Kazushi. He just, like, moved me. Oh, boom. Oh, boom. He is so strong. And I was like, oh, and I'm getting a bloody nose. There's a picture of me with like, a tampon <laughs> on my nose. From the event, I look like I'm 12, but I was, you know, 18 or 19 or something. Um, and then I was like, hey, I want to fight. Let's go. I want to fight in MMA. And then I knew that that well, was Well, you, so you went from, hang on, you went from <laughs> Taekwondo to Jiu-Jitsu. We'll just call it that. To judo-ish, and I'm going to go, I want to do MMA. Well, listen, I I have, I'm in 100% to any activity that I do, right? So I was skateboarding every single day, and then, oh, this martial arts thing, I'm in it. You know, I was training, I was driving almost an hour, like 45 minutes to an hour. Really? Two or three days a week on top of training where I was. I was training in town, you know, two days a week, and then driving to train two days a week in Frederick, Maryland. And I was driving like 45 minutes each way. And then coming back late at night, like 10 o'clock, tired and had to work all day, <laughs> you know, like eight to, eight to six, I think I worked Monday through Friday, I was a mechanic. And um, and so I made it work because I, I just loved it. I was like, oh, I'm gonna do this thing. And I wanted to, tr to fight. That was my goal nice. from starting to train. I, I saw the MMA and I was like, I want to see if I can do that. I wanted to test myself and I uh, knew when I was there, that that wasn't 
going to be the place to train okay. to get that, right? Um, but I didn't really have anywhere around me that had an, other options. Okay. You know, I kind of looked around. I think Lloyd, Lord Irvin was definitely around then, but he was like an hour and 40 minutes, maybe down like towards DC, like not an area that I was familiar with. I didn't really venture that time. I was still young, you know, and, um, and I've trained one time with actually Tony Pesos. He's a, uh, He's a black belt. He's a daily Hiva black belt. Has a school. Actually, now he's in the same building that my dad's old school was in before he <laughs> shut down. Like they're in the same building. But I trained with him once there, and once after I went back after a daily Hiva cup. There was a big fight, a big brawl at daily Hiva cup, and uh, and he heard all about it. And I was like, oh yeah, I was there. He was like, you were there. And he's like, oh, you're welcome anytime. You know, come back. Um, so anyway, I trained with him once, and it was just like a MMA class. Okay, all right. And I got. Just demolished because it was like, oh, it's pretty eye opening. They, they, well, they put you in bottom mount and they were like, all right, now shrimp and get out. And guys trying to punch me in the face. I'm like, what? What's a shrimp? I don't even know what a shrimp is. You know, I had done judo. I had done what's a shrimp to escape yeah. a mount? There's no mount escaping judo. You know? Yeah, there's no mountain judo. <laughs> there's no yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> so, so I had no idea what a shrimp was. And the, the guys punching me in the face, like, now go. And I'm like, go where? What am I? Like, I'd roll. I don't. I don't know. So yeah, pretty eye opening. Um, and. And that just didn't seem like that place to be. I was like, well, where am I going to go, right? I, right. I, I need to go somewhere. And I thought that at the time, one, one of my best friends, Greg, he had just moved to go to Full Sail. And, oh, okay. And so this was my... Ah, uh, you know, here it is. is. Here it the, comes. The, the, the trip to Florida because I looked around. I'm like, where, where am I going to go? I, I needed like a, a, a change in environment. And I was already planning to move. Here. I mean, you're, you're an adult at this point. I was an adult. Like, yeah. I was, uh, a young adult. Like. I was 20. Yeah. Now I'm 20 years old. I've been training for 18 months or something. Um, 20 years old and had decided I'm moving. You know, I, I, I'm going to move and I'm going to train. Uh, I can stay on my friend's couch. And right. so what's close, like I started looking around. And it's like, oh, oh American, American top team. Yeah, it's Yacht right down Wilder's the street. Pitbull, you know, like like at the time, Ben, ben would, had just gotten off the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. Um, um, you know, obviously Pitbull was like up and coming, all the HC guys uh back then were were the thing in the ufc and so i was like well there's an american top team i sold it's five minutes i can ride my bike because at the time i had three cars and all these bills and as a mechanic you have debt from the tool man that you just which is great helped me establish credit and right. i had to pay him off every week and did all this and i got a credit card and and you know bought you were running your own sort of business no, no no i was working as a shop but you're basically but you have to have your own tools yeah, you know, yeah you're a mechanic yeah. and so I, I bought a you know a snap on toolbox which is you know like five grand and all these tools and and and, and things and um and it's all on credit from snap one which is like 20 percent interest and oh whatever God. but i had no no interest or no credit because i was 18 years old and, yeah you know um and so Ended up deciding like, hey, I'm working so that I can pay my debt so that I can have these tools so that I can work. <laughs> and of course, I didn't see like long term, I could have moved into another job and owner shop and done, yeah. you know, I didn't see this pathway quite yet, you know. Um, but I mean, you were, you were, by our standards at this point, you were a kid. A baby, like, a yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. for sure, a baby. And, and, and then not only that, but, but I was like training full time, four or five days a week and this already. And at judo oh, yeah, 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 yeah up yeah. there still and i was like well i gotta move i was like i yeah i'm, I'm gonna move so i've got to sell everything i've got to be able to live like in a tent i'm staying on a couch how does that work when you sell off everything but uh, all of those tools is up on credit 
well, I I sold three cars. I had no I had no debt except for that. Okay. Except uh, for that. I, was like, I mean, I don't. I, I, if you don't want to talk about finance, no, 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 no it's fine. Like so, it. so I got a personal loan in the bank, and I paid off the snap on. Bam. So the okay. personal loan was seven percent. So I think I'd already done that, or maybe did that right before, paid that off, and then. These are extremely adult three cars. decisions you're making. Yeah, I sold at three a cars. Young age. Well, I, I I saw the pathway, like the American dream, you know, uh, yeah. two and a half kids and a picket fence and and all these things. I'm like, bro, I'm 20 years old. Like, I wanted to be a professional skateboarder, and now I'm working a job, and I'm 20. I'm I'm not gonna say shoulda, coulda, woulda. I'm gonna go and do something. Okay. And then Good. if I don't do it, then I, I can't. You still got shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna go. You're try. only 20. What is, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. I got awesome, time to make mistakes, you know. And uh, actually, at the time, I was rock climbing like a fiend as well, right? And and so I was doing that whenever I wasn't training or working and skateboarding. You know, still skateboarding a little bit there uh, uh, during that time. And um, I almost went to a rock climbing trip for the whole summer before I moved here. And I'm glad I didn't because if I didn't. I wouldn't be here for sure. Oh, right, I would have right. gotten stuck. Like, oh, I'm here. I'm a climbing bum for the rest of my life in now. Colorado somewhere. Paul Rodriguez, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> if he hadn't found... You know, or Vietnam, actually, first, you know? Yeah, Viet, you know, but, but if you found that first, you know, if, if I had gone and seen yeah. that lifestyle first, I you know, might be stuck, you know? Um, like I said, I kind of dive in head first. But um, anyway, I, uh, you want another one? Uh, I'll, I'll take a break for now. Okay. I... Um, so I sold everything I had. I had a pool table that I bought from a closed down pool hall for like, you know, 500 bucks and sold it for like, you know, 1500 Oh, right. So, so I, yeah, I made money, like everything I sold. I paid off all of my debt and I bought a bicycle and... And you biked to Florida. I, yeah, all the way. That's Are it. You, wait. No, 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 oh, like, no, oh my god! Like that's uh, incredible. Like, no, but but the stupidest thing ever. That's the most Dylan thing, thing I've ever heard. No, I, I have, but what I shouldn't have done was bought like an old used bike and then put a bunch of money into it, fixing it up and then shipped it to Florida. That's what I did. It cost me like a hundred bucks to ship it. And I'm like, I could have bought a bike. You just bought a bike. Yeah, yeah, like, like, and then I ended up buying a new bike four months later. Anyway, like a nicer, yeah. what? So, you know, live and learn. Yeah. But, um, you're kid. Yeah. But I, I wanted to see if it was feasible. Cause I was like, okay, the climbing gym, that was actually part of my plan. I was like, the climbing gym's 10 miles away. Can I go to the climbing Is gym? Is that a gila? Um, no, well, yes, okay. like I was down on Goldenrod. Okay. So I was like, the climbing gym's 10 miles away. So can I ride 10 miles? Well, the climbing gym up there was 10 miles from my house. I was like, can I make that? Like, <laughs> so I went and saw if I could do it and I could. And I was like, well, all right, I can do the bike thing. All right. So I ride the bike, like building my bike cardio, <laughs> you know, and, um, moved here in June 29th. I think it was June 29th. Oh, wait. Uh, oh, I moved wait. down here. Okay. So you're... That's right. That's like the birth of ATT Orlando. Yeah, it was right at the beginning. Like I, I know that Knockout Fitness was like right before that, and and the Jungle had just opened, and Longwood had just opened. Like literally, they. Yeah. So this. The, yeah. So your your time of joining ATT is my time of joining ATT because that's that's when I left Gracie Baja okay. to become involved with them. So you it, signed up. At Deanin University? Deanin University. And I called when I lived in Virginia still. Say, hey, I'm moving down. Can I treat you? Know, I didn't know what it was like. I didn't, you know. I was just yeah, like, deep. what's the protocol for that? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, and, and, and at the time, like, there was no website. I mean, Paul didn't have a website until, like, 
two and a half years ago. So <laughs> <laughs> that's not not wrong. Like, <laughs> so so literally, uh, uh, it was MySpace. There was a MySpace for for ABT, oh my god, and like right. so, I found. I found Steve Ramos and, yeah. and Patino and and the HGT on on MySpace and uh, found the number there and had called and they tried to sign me up at Longwood and I'm like oh no I'm you know, I'm gonna be five minutes from you guys like on the bike so I'm I'm good so you were living off Goldenrod you said <laughs> yeah right off Goldenrod University and uh, and rode every day you know rode rode every day that was my my plan had no job for the first couple of months started looking for work and uh, ended up finding a job working overnights at McDonald's and, okay. Um, Honest work is honest work. Honest, you know, I, I went to an evening training at whatever, 6 o'clock, and I trained for three hours. I trained till the 9 o'clock, and then I rode my bike home, and then I got in the shower, and I got dressed for work, and I rode straight to work, Jeez. and I got there at 10 o'clock, and I had to work until 6 a.m., and then I went home. I ate breakfast there, and then I would ride home and go to bed and wake up So you up were like basically, one. like schedule-wise, you were doing – all three classes that All night. three classes every night. You're doing jujitsu, kickboxing after that. Bobby yeah. was probably there at that point. Uh, Bobby, Bobby left right when I started. He'd come back later. I, I think it was Paul was teaching. Paul uh, Patino and Paul were teaching the kickboxing classes when I first started. And then Alistair came in. Oh, okay. Um, and Alistair was there for a little while. And then he went to Longwood. And then maybe Bobby came back at that time. I think that's when Bobby came back. Okay. When he went to Goldenrod, that's like yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a, a lot of things. It's all hazy, but yeah, uh, um, I, I, I've had all the instructors. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and 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 Jose, you know. Oh Jose, yeah. Two back then, especially you know. Um, he was the he was the striker and like the po packers. So know? what have you uh, in your martial arts journey so far at this point? You joined ATT. You're doing all of the classes. What were your early earliest memories of training and like how much you know? Did you have a leg up on people because you had done all of these martial arts? Well, you know, like let me tell you the first time I walk in at ATT. Okay, the very first time I walk in, well, I sign up because I'm just ready to sign up. You know, buy and they had a special. You can get four white t-shirts and two pairs of pants and whatever. You know, and uh, uh, and, I, and I signed up. But the first class I had, I walk in with my you know and and, and changing my gi and I put my green belt on. Your green belt in. Judo, my Jude, whatever, whatever, judo. Yeah, well, it was no. Yes, I got a yellow belt, and then he gave me a green belt before I left. Okay. So I was actually green belt in judo. Yes, I was green belt in judo, and so Paul was like, "What? Hey, like at the time he had stock white belts. So he was like, hey, here, like, put this on. Like that's not a, an adult belt. I'm like, okay, thank you." You know, like, and I was like happy about it. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't upset about it. Yeah, you don't know about it. Oh, cool. Like, I, yeah. I, yeah. I didn't have a belt. I didn't think about it before I moved. I packed everything on an airplane and like everything. Were that you I wearing used. a judo gi too? Oh, yeah. Well, I had like a gladiator, like, <laughs> brand, like, judo gi from. Yeah, you got it from Asian World arts, of Martial Arts World. Yeah, 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 it was. Asian like, World of Martial Arts. Catalog, like. Wow. Yeah, this is exactly what it was. My dad had an account because of the other school. And so I got it for fifty bucks or something, yeah, you know, thirty-two dollars or whatever it costs, you know, wholesale for those things. Oh wow, it was. That's funny. And so you, you're the doing bushikai patch with a lotus flower. Man, Paul gave me shit forever for having that lotus flower. You, you literally had that on here. Oh yeah, bro. I, I mean, wish I, I had known this I, because I've still got the patches somewhere. Do you really? Oh, oh yeah. that's that's awesome, dude. Uh, like, do I have one in here? No, I don't think I do. Oh. 
Um, that's, yeah. yeah, I mean, he still to this day, he won't put a green belt on adults. You know, um, like. I don't either. I, I demoted my wife when we opened the school because she was a green belt at Paul at Patino's. Okay. And I didn't like think about how harsh of a thing that was to do to somebody. You know? Well, I mean, like, so that's, well, we'll get to that, right? I didn't take away the the validity of your experience. And like, you you did it, you accomplished, like, like, and she went through it. I remember her test was hard, just like our blue belt test and everything else. You know, she had to do the techniques and her techniques were good. And she had to do the demonstration in front of everybody. And then we beat her up and everybody beat her up worse than she had been beat up. And we had to whip her and everything. And she got her green belt. And then I took it away from her when we opened Cogito because... We don't have green belt. Like, because it's. I mean, you can't wear it. It's a fucking kids belt. I don't. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, though, I don't know how much it really matters at all. It doesn't. Like any of the belts, you know. And they like, really like, don't. Like, no gi, gi. You know, like what happens when no one wants to train gi? Anymore? How? Um, so this is oh nine ish. Oh eight, oh nine. Like you start. How's the foreign extra stout, by the way? Oh, it's good. It is. Good. Yeah. Let me get, let me get one. Yeah. Um. So you you join. You're training. You're wearing your stupid judo gi. Yeah. Um, you and, and so, I have this unique sort of experience. We we come from traditional martial arts backgrounds, so I think we tend to. I don't want to use the word idolize, but we elevate. Let's just say our instructors and whatnot, right? Um. Yeah. I, well, to some degree, yeah. I, I think that's a thing in the, in the in the traditional martial arts. It was definitely. Mysticized, like almost mysticized. Oh, 100%. Especially in the ninjutsu. I was like, this guy, oh, he, my instructor, not any of the ones I really ever trained with, but the other, the the one that only taught Friday night, and he was like the head honcho, and like, he choked me unconscious. <laughs> what? Well, we were That's not a sparring. very instructor, but okay. Well, okay. We're sparring. I tap. He doesn't let go. Are you serious? No, he doesn't let go. He choked me unconscious. And like I had a dream because that's what you do, and you're, you know. And at the time, I was like, "Oh, I dreamed." I think I had he was in the dream and whatever, you know. And 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 he was like, "Oh yeah," and he like pretended it was like some part of the mystic journey or whatever, you what know. The and hell? I, yeah, I mean, looking back, I'm like, you know, some of that was kind of crazy. Some martial arts, some aspects of martial arts are a little bit crazy. They are, but I honestly, I started. Because I wanted to fight, yeah. and then because I started the the jujitsu and the and the training, I got into like the I don't know, I don't think the spiritual side of the martial art, but like that kind of uh, I call it spiritual, but no, it's a spiritual. I mean, the like, meditated, you know, you kind of yeah. Meditate. I mean, like there's you, a it's, it's a, there. You know, therapeutic. Like, I don't want to call it. The, you call it what you will. People call it different things. Yeah, exactly. You know? I mean, like, it, yeah, it doesn't need to be woo, right? Yeah, but, it, but, the, but there's definitely there's something, something more to it, to it for know? sure. And and I, I fell in love with that, and I was like, well, oh. even an emotional side of peace that you get from it too. Right? I mean, sure. like, you know, it's, sure, it is. It, it really is. It's a it's a healthy stress coping mechanism. You know, just sure. to get you know. And no, at the end of the day, like, I'm super ADD. You know, and, as we all are. And yeah, anyone that does martial arts or you know skateboarding. Now that I now again now that I'm starting skateboarding again this year, that's really good, right? Yeah. Really. Um, I've realized like how much oh oh I'm like super ADD, <laughs> but but having that uh, the fear in jujitsu, the fear in skateboarding, like I said, um, forces my focus. 
Okay. Okay. Rock climbing. You know, when, when there's, I'm doing some paperwork. It's like, oh, I have this deadline. I have to do this paperwork by 4 p.m. Or it's late. Okay. There's no. There's, know, yeah, yeah. Like, there's it, not really it's a consequence. An yeah, In yeah, real yeah, life, there's yeah. not a consequence. There's no like, you know. I mean, the, there is if you miss something and then you don't get, you know, some some job because of it. Yeah, there are consequences, but you're not gonna die. You're fine. Yeah. You know. But if you're skateboarding some big ramp, or if you're in some high level competition match in, in May, or and you, you know, you think I should be going and getting some milk from the grocery store later. All of a sudden, you crash and you die, or you get armbarred, or yeah. you get knocked out. You know, you have to be super focused, hyper focused in the moment, um, in the zone. You know, people call it or whatever, you, whatever you will. You, but, but I think that uh, that's the aspect of jujitsu, fighting, you know, Muay Thai, skateboarding, you know, rock climbing, all that stuff. That's what I actually really love. Um, it's a it's a dopamine thing. Oh, at the 100%. end of the day, I was a dopamine junkie when I was ten. Before Facebook, I didn't know. Now, like everyone knows, what dopamine is like, oh yeah, okay, I get it. There are there are elastic bands <laughs> yeah. called the dope. Like yes, the, the, yeah. the dopamine thing is a little overused. Yeah. At this point. So what do you you you're training every day? You're you're literally working overnight at McDonald's. Sure. You know you're you're that quintessential gym rat at that point. Um, I and I, I don't want to lead you on to certain com parts of conversation, yeah, but no. you you're. You became a competitor, right? Like you, yeah. you, you fought. Well, you did, I wanted. You did to, all of that, right? You were on the fight team. Yeah. Well, the thing is, there was no fight team. When I started. There, it, it wasn't a thing. I, I was there for the inaugural amateur tryouts. Um, and this actually, oh, tell us about that. Okay. I, I'm. I was at Longwood at that point, right? Because okay. Longwood, I hope. Sure, so. sure, sure, sure. Yeah, you were like the opposite group, and Jose was over there at the time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we were. That's where the gyms. Yeah. 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 Went their ways. So. And so I had. Um, I had the intentions of fighting when it came down, you know, and I was training all the time and, you know. So let me ask you, as a purely from day one recreational martial artist, even, mm -hmm. even back in my Taekwondo days, what, um, what gave you, like, when you decide to become a competitor or did you just think that competition was a part of it? Like, wh what in your brain was like, this is something I want to do? Y yeah, I mean... It's just part of it to me. I don't. Okay. I don't think. Like, for me, I don't understand people that can watch a sport, like go watch baseball or football or or something, and not participate in it. I, yeah, I, I'm 100 percent with you. I hardly even watch MMA now. Like, I go and join an event, and I do, but I don't follow it super closely because I don't participate in it anymore. I don't fight MMA, so I don't care who the up-and-coming flyweight is because I don't yeah. need to know who he is so I can knock his ass out. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, it's not something I'm, I'm concerned with. And hmm. so if I watch it, it's fun. It's an activity I can do, like going to watch a movie or anything else, you know. Right. But it's not something it's, that – It's entertainment. Yes, okay. purely entertainment. Um, and, uh, and if I start to watch something, then again, I'm, I have to do all of it. I, okay. ha I have to be in it. So do you watch skateboarding? Oh yes. Okay. Oh, hundred percent. Right. I'm, 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 a hundred percent addicted to skateboarding. I was just like I was addicted to skateboarding. I was a kid. Like I was addicted to MMA and jujitsu, and I'm still training. Not as much as if I'm competing. You know, I'm teaching four days a week. Monday through Thursday, I teach classes Which, in the evenings. Uh, and I, I, I just live vicariously through you, man. <laughs> uh, and I still, uh, and I try to skate 
at least twice a week. You know, like I, I might skate a little bit in the parking lot or do, but I try to do at least two times. I'll go skate vert on Sundays. I go up to Ocala and skate. You and drive all the way to Ocala to, to skate. Ocala. Well, you know, that's a, it's an opportunity that I never had when I was a kid. Most people never have the opportunity to skate a vert ramp. A vert ramp is, is that a, the only vert ramp that's the, that's the nearest vert ramp you can I mean, access? There are other vert ramps. There's one down uh, uh, near uh, um, like Melbourne. There's one. Oh, I mean, equally there's, as far, right? Like, yeah. yeah, almost. But I don't really know the guy. I'm, I'm okay. familiar with him. I follow him on Facebook, and I was I was gonna go to an event at his place, but I haven't been there. But it's the only one I have a connection at. You know, in, a, in, in the vert ramp I go to is in someone's backyard. And this other one, it's in his backyard. There are no public vert ramps. Oh, okay. Like, I, 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 I don't mean there aren't any. There is one. You, I mean, there are a couple. You can go uh, to Kona Skate Park in Jacksonville, which is actually why I started skating vert again. Because I've been skating this year, and I went up there for the 44th anniversary to Kona, which is it's the oldest existing skate park still. Been really? around in, since in, 1970. In America? In the world, I believe. I think it's the really? oldest still running, maintained in the world. Certainly in That's America. A, oh, I awesome. think in the world. I mean, yeah, Southern California. Southern California, it came from, you know, and so yeah, it, it was. It's been around, you know, for the for the rise and fall and rise and fall and rise again, you know. And, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, uh, so I went up there, and it's an old vert ramp from. And I think it might have been X Game. No, no, oh, no, the okay. boards are all different. Everything's different. Yeah. Oh, but that one, that one is. It's kind of old, worn out, and there's okay. some like loose screws and stuff. And it's a little bit sketchy. But I dropped in on, and I skated for it a little when I was a kid. I went to this camp called Woodward, which is like, it's a camp. You literally send your kid there for a week. Okay. And it's seven hundred dollars. It was seven hundred bucks, but now it's probably like you know eleven hundred bucks or twelve hundred, thirteen hundred, whatever it is. They send you for a week, food, whatever. You're in a cabin. And you're, you're, you're just skate. There's like, there's like 12 skate parks. There's vert ramps. There's, you know, you just send your kid, go have him get hurt for a week. And, you know, and you pick him up and it's in Amish country, Pennsylvania. There's nothing around. Yeah, I did it for oh, two years. Awesome, and so I saw the only reason I learned to like skate vert because there was no vert ramps around. And so I did that when I was a real little kid. And like one other time I was on vacation in Ocean City, Maryland, I skated this vert ramp, and like Tony Hawk showed up randomly. Like, Tony Hawk and Steve Cavalier, all these like you know random pros like showed up. But, You're naming names from Tony Hawk's first game too. So the, yeah, like, you know those names. Everyone, yeah, if you know skateboard, you know those names. But they showed up for like the Tony Hawk's gigantic skate park tour. It was like a thing in the early two thousands. It was an unscheduled stop, and I'm like, what? I was like twelve years old or four. I was like, what? These guys are all here to skateboard. I'm like, cool. I'm gonna skateboard too. <laughs> so anyway, back back to jujitsu. Um, it uh, so the, the, about how long before you had to protect Well, so this is when MMA was illegal in Florida. Amateur MMA. Yeah, they had. To, yeah, you're right. You're there right. was no amateur MMA, and um, at the time, there wasn't even like jujitsu competitions. So I actually competed in jujitsu in 2009. It was it was a, a one of Igor's events. One of the. Oh. So, uh, the the Florida states the Florida States, states. yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah yeah and 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 I won first place white belts you know and I still have a v, like a high eight footage of it somewhere if I could find a player um and uh, won that and then I got my blue belt right after Rich O'Toole and I got our blue belts together right. oh, I think it was September shout yeah shout out man Rich, Rich just Rich, had a kid too uh, dude he's been like. 
He got his brown belt before he moved. Before he moved. Well, I mean, he's had equally as. All right, Rich. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about you right now. I, I don't know, like from my, from my perspective. You have to, yeah, uh, go interview Rich and, and see if this yeah, is true. I'll, I'll, I'll strike him. <laughs> yeah. Um, from my perspective, you know, he got his brown belt and moved out there. You know, and train at Half Gracie. Train at Half Gracie, but he was training with Kurt. He was training with Half and with Edward, but he was like loyal to Kurt. And so when 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 Kurt split off, Kurt left to go do his own thing. That's Kurt. Kurt uh, Osiander. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got fucked up a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he um he is um he left to go train with him and so you know when he trained you move places and you go and do things and i got yeah so i i think it was just kind of like he's right on that border every time and then he went to firefighter school or well, emt school firefighter school and all this was full yeah i mean he's got a kid now so he had to yeah. take the time to do these things so he could earn a living for his family you know um a hundred percent and 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 like being a parent is like the best thing in the entire world and like the fact that he uh, is is doing that now is is amazing, and he's had the foresight to like go to quit his passion and go. I got to do this career thing so that I can have my family. Yeah. You know, he did that first. He was like, "Oh, I've got to do however many years of, of training it was." Yeah, he got to, it. I, mean, he, he I remember what he started. Yeah, yeah, he like knew he, he had to do it. Like, yeah, oh yeah, he did that before. But that was that was a long time ago. That was was that before he left though. I think that was before he left. I think he came back. I think he went to Thailand. He fought in Thailand, yeah. and he came back. I think to here, and then moved out yeah, there. Yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah, I that's Man, this is so long. This is this like we're, we're fucking. Two thousand eleven is when he moved. Holy shit! Bro. Yeah, that's that's. Yeah, but shout out to Rich. Shout out to um, Rich. So anyway. But so you. you got so I, so I did. Yeah, got my blue belt, and then and then I found an opportunity. Dean University at this time, and then Eric. Why not? Shout shout out to to, uh, to Eric, bro. Dude, the, the one that got away. Why not? Yeah, the only one that Paul failed in a jiu in a test ever. Are you fucking? What? You don't know this story? I was at lo- I was along with you. Oh my goodness! My oh well, oh, no, I'm gonna God. drop the dirt. Oh, here we go. <laughs> no. Um, so this was not a, a jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu test. This is uh, I think submission grappling. Because he used to do the shirts, you know, every, yes. you know, and, and honestly, I really liked the system. I thought it was cool that he had it so structured, organized, whether he followed the structure and organization. That's very hard to do, though, you know, because you end up not teaching an arm bar for nine months. And you're like, wait a minute, this guy doesn't know an arm bar. He, or I, he know he does. It's fucking impossible. No, it, it, it's, it's, it's so hard. You have to circle back around at some point. And then. Yeah. But in eight months, I've changed how I want to teach the arm bar. Like, I can't, you know, you. you yeah, it, I mean it, the way, like literally, like Jamie, Jamie Cardenas, Car, Car, Jamie. I'm sorry, I can't pronounce your fucking name. Cardenas, Cardenas, Cardenas. Um, he and I talk about now, like even our application of positions one, two, three, and four, which to me all is, garbage, not a garbage. <laughs> no, garbage. It's, it's outdated. You know, and that's that's a crazy thing. It, you know, I just try to take. Back to like the 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 aikido ish martial art I started at. You know, one of the best things Tim taught me is is slow is smooth, smooth is fast. 
And so that lesson applies everywhere, right? And like certainly in jujitsu and so, well, in now as a black belt. And so I, I take that lesson to heart and, and that was the one thing that I really, really like appreciate his like tutors for, you know what I mean? Like that one lesson um, and a certain calmness. He gave me that like calm energy and I'm super hyper. <laughs> and So you, you, you get your blue belt. Got my blue belt and then why not got me a fight uh, and um, – in New Louisiana. Orleans, yeah, yeah it was like, New it's Orleans. Be Louisiana. It was That's at the Harris Casino, and in, in, okay, oh my goodness! And how insane! Oh, this story, this story is raucous. Okay, all right, here we go. <laughs> no, that that was the first one. I think Sissio fought on that one, and Eric or Nick Barnini, and um, and oh, I don't know, a couple. Of, I think one or two other people might have fought on that that first one in a van. The second one was the one I went, and it was uh, Rich O'Toole was with us. He did not fight. Viet fought. Um, Nick Barnini fought. I fought. Oh, I feel like there might have been one more person. I can't remember. So I, I don't know. I know that. Uh, so if you're listening right now, if you're listening, you remember who it was. Yeah. Well, Dan Grebe was there. Dan and Mindy were there because. Um, I, and I had to fight. Had to no, we all drove up separately. Actually, Dan, oh, Dan saved my life. Thank you, Dan Green, if you're listening. He brought my mouthpiece from Orlando. I had a mouth, a gladiator mouthpiece, like a custom mouthpiece shipped, and it got there, and it got, and I left it at the gym. And he brought it all the way. I mean, he was driving in. He was like, "Hey, can you stop at the gym and get it, please?" And he got it and brought it all up there. So I had a you know a custom mouthpiece. Um, but anyway. I uh, I lost. I had to fight a guy that Nick had already fought. The only law this was for a title at one thirty five. Yeah, fighting for a title. I was brought in to lose. This guy, uh, th this guy, um, uh, Abercrombie was it Josh? It was Josh Abercrombie or his? He has a, he has, his uh, his brother's name is Justin. Still friends with him too. I'm friends with everyone I fought, bro. Because bro, you build a bond. Yeah. For sure, Josh. But I swore, like, I'm not gonna lose to a guy named Abercrombie. Yeah. Um, but he was a firefighter, like firefighter in, in Mississippi, and like, and uh, and so he was expected to win, and he lost only to Nick at 145. Oh, okay. And this is a 135 pound fight, which I cut exactly like one pound for. I was saying, like, that's your one. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I was now. a little not now, but I'm not. But I could, I could fight. I could make 135 easy now. You know, well, not easy, but I, I could cut to 135. And um, so, so I was uh, a little bit small for the weight class, but I went in there and like had an awesome fight. Like I, I broke my hand in the second punch. One, two, bam, big overhand and for broke. Those who don't know, Louisiana amateur MMA is basically pro MMA. Yeah, just they minus the actual money. and no elbows, oh, no elbows, but no shin guards, kicks to the head, four minute rounds instead of five minute rounds. Yeah, so yeah, one minute. Yeah, my first experience. Oh, oh yeah, oh, of course. I was like training in ATT, bro. It's like Louisiana boys ain't got nothing on America top team. You know, it's like the best in the country. You know. And it broke my hand. Well, and I'm wearing these tiny little gloves. I probably, I might have them in here. Um, 
they're tiny like combat sports you know oh like the so, and listen they're supposed to be seven ounces or so, whatever yeah, they were for amateur right. no yeah in in louisiana he had the literally this is verbatim what the commissioner told us is like they're supposed to be six ounces or seven ounces but we have the if you're cool with it and they're cool with it then we're cool with it rule and so you have to supply your own gloves they didn't give supply you your you supply your own gloves and you had to inspect the gloves like of your opponent like yeah you're cool with it i'm cool with it we're cool with it that's literally what he told me in the locker room and so so I like plan. I'm gonna take the smallest gloves and fucking fuck them up, and then it's probably gonna break my hand because I'll be tiny gloves and, yeah. and patino wrap my hands with like, and I'm like just a little bit of gauze because I'm gonna jujitsu him and I want to have you know and oh man, so and so patino's with us because he, he yeah, wrapped yeah. wrap my hands, um, and uh, so yeah, first round, boom, boom, break my hand, punch him in the forehead, um, break my first metacarpal, so not even like not the pinky, like my my index finger. You know, like hit him with an overhand and just pow. Well, exactly, right? So I, I don't remember the whole fight, but I had a Darce locked up. I know I had Darce locked up first round. And I was just like, this doesn't really I work. Mean, I can't. Weren't really a thing at the time. Weren't really a thing, you know, but Sissio had the Darce. Okay. And I remember Sissio had come from, from Glover, yeah. from Glover and Paragon. And like, so he knew the Darce. And I remember he submitted Patino in like 2008 or not, like when we first started. And it was like, Nobody submits Patino with the Dars. No, because this is what everyone was like. The Dars? How did you do that? What is the? Well, and I'm sure you know. Once Patino saw it, yeah, Patino he, did. He, yeah, 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 yeah. But he never like he didn't even know what it was because nobody knew what it was. You know, we knew what Anaconda was. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't know how to get out of it, man, it's tough. And so, especially back then, it was like, whoa, what is this? And so. We all got the darts early and long arms, you know, it just worked out. You know, shout out to Sissio because he brought that oh, from yeah, early. He, he gets it from everywhere. Early, like, yeah. Like, yeah, and he was my main training partner for a little, once I was over at Winter Springs. So for a while there, we test for our, our yellow MMA shirts together. We, like, we did that together. And so we had, yeah, I mean, I, we, we were our, like, training partners. And so uh, and learning that from him. Too, right? Yeah, yeah. He was a little bigger. He was one weight class, one and a half, whatever. I think he was like 155 walking around, and I was like 135, but he could cut to 135. He was like a crazy weight cutter. Um, but um, new dad, too. He's just new dad. You know yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, so, it, 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 yeah, we're old. <laughs> um, so, so, I took that fight, broke my hand, ended up fighting the rest of the fight, and oh, exhausted, gas. Like the, the, the adrenaline dump was unprepared for it, didn't know how good a shape I had to be in, didn't know what it was going to feel like. Between rounds, I, Patino comes out and I'm like, I can't feel my legs. <laughs> you know, like, for Between the first and second round, I tell Patino, I can't feel my legs. There we go. Yeah. So, so literally, um, I tell Patino, I can't feel my legs. This is after the first round, and he puts my feet up on his leg. I'm sitting on the stool, and he puts his knee up like this, and he puts my legs on top. And I think he dropped something, or I dropped my mouthpiece, or I don't remember what he reached down for. 
but he reached over like this to get something and I fell off the stool between rounds. So <laughs> I, Looks like a clown show. Looks like, you know, like, oh, no. Uh, and I'm sure the guy's like, oh, yeah, I got this. This guy fucking just fell off the stool. He's exhausted. But I still, if I fought the other, the next two rounds, and with a broken hand, with a broken hand exhausted. Did I, you know it was broken? No. I mean, it was numb. Oh, I knew okay. something was up, but I didn't I didn't know what it felt. You know, I was like, well, I don't know. It like, doesn't feel right, you know. Okay. Um, but it wasn't the last time I fought, like, with broken stuff in a fight. Um, but... Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I should have quit. Should have quit before, but um, but I I ended up the last thirty seconds. I remember he had a body triangle and had a rear naked choke in, right? And like I'm defending it. I'm like exhausted, but I know I'm like I'm not gonna let him choke me. He's not. A, I'm a blue belt. I can't let him get me, you know. And uh, and I hear his coach, his corner, his brother say thirty seconds, and with that just. Phew, like ignites a fire and I just spin around in his guard and I stand up and I start blasting him as hard as I can and I pass his guard and I end just like ground right. and pounding him. And so it was an awesome fight. And afterwards, I mean, it's like it's, you're going to lose anyway. Right? Uh, for sure. For sure. But I'm not quitting. There ain't no way I'm going to quit. Right, no right. quitting me. You know what I mean? And so, so I, I ended the fight, you know, winning on top, you know, and, and, and end up losing the decision. Don't remember, you know, grabbed a beer after ice my hand and I probably should have gone to the hospital, didn't have insurance and or anything like that. And, and um, plus, I'm like, well, I go when I get back. I'll go when I get home. Well, yeah. the, the the promotion has ten thousand dollars of coverage. I can go to the hospital and get X-rayed and do that. Yeah, so, I'd, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're a kid, and a kid, and my adrenaline is like level one thousand. Yeah. You know, and like I'm so hyped. And Barnini won a title belt. Okay, oh, nice. so Barnini won, and and well, I I believe Ben ran into him at like some frat reunion party like a, a, a couple months ago okay. some because his brother like i was like what nick barney oh cool so anyway um but uh i i viet viet got knocked out i, I think I and it was it was bad it was like, bad like, like the... yeah and we were all scared and um and so i wasn't worried about my hand you know what I mean? Like my hand was not a concern. It didn't even feel it. I was like, I'm at, in New Orleans. I couldn't go out. I've been fighting. I've been training. I'm going on to Bourbon Street tonight. You know, we're having a good time. Let's go. You know, Nick won a title belt. Good times. Yeah, that, that's, that's good times. So, um, so anyway, so fight. That was my first fight. Second fight was also in Louisiana, Homa, Louisiana. Um, it was Sissio and Rich O'Toole and I. And that was oh, it. The go. three of us. And it was. And you're out there together. So let me ask you. This. Yeah. Like at this point, you know, we're you're still fairly young in the sport. I'm at Longwood. Like, how much experience do you guys have? Oh my goodness. Cornering each other, like you know, like okay. cornering is a skill. Too, so so know? so like, let let me go back a little bit because I the amateur fight team, like I didn't know Rich yet. Okay, I've been training. This is probably. Um, this is like summer of 09 or something, okay. right? At this time, or maybe, yeah, like summer of 09, maybe, a, maybe before that, maybe, before, maybe the amateur team was before I got my blue belt. Yeah. Cause I didn't know rich. And, um, and so there was tryouts. I go to the tryouts and you know, I do okay, but you know, get my leg kicked real good by Nima Jalala, Jalalabad. Nima. Nima like blast my leg oh, hard. He's oh man. Oh man. Nima, Nima got me hard, like, like jab my knee and, 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 uh, and so I was like, oh, I'm not going to make it, you know, but you know, I didn't know 
I didn't really have this idea of weight classes and stuff. Yeah. And I'd train with everyone. And all oh, Neil was like 180 pounds or 175 pounds. Or, or maybe he was like 155 no, back then. He was a 55 back then. Yeah, what? Yeah, okay. I, I remember or, the guy. Okay, so um, yeah, he's like a, he's like an engineer now. Runs he's like a, a, yeah, he runs like a, I think he owns like a bunch of excavators and stuff. And like, really? like yeah, it's like, like, yeah. You, like, you, hang on. You keep in contact with Neil. I, well, he, I think he started following me on Facebook. He came to Patino's for a um, to start training again when he was over in Waterford when I was teaching Muay Thai over there. So, sorry, and so sorry, that's sorry. when we like hooked back up for whatever reason. And super nice kid. Yeah. Off the mats. Yeah. On the mats, schizo. Um, Bro, some people. He's the one person I've ever witnessed make Christian Lamb angry. Lamb, wow. Yeah. Because he fucking tried to go schizo on him doing kickboxing and tried to drive Christian through the glass door or through the glass fucking window at Neiman University. Yeah. And Christian Lamb got angry. Wow. So Christian like, Lamb. Anyway, yeah. So him. So by, by, I remember I, I, I was training with Varun and Nima and Viet and, you know, and those are my training partners like for Muay Thai. And then with pro practice, you know, it was with with Ralph and and Cap, and then I had to train with Patino and Julie and all those monsters because I was terrible. like, dude, where are the guys in my weight class? They, they were non-existent. You know what I mean? Um, you had Rod, Rod every no, now and then, Rod Nevis. I see Rod all the time now. I see him because he's uh, down with Jim. He trains with Jim Ellers. Shout out to Jim oh, nice. and Rod. Yeah, wow. yeah. Um, he's one of his instructors. I think he teaches for him actually. He, yeah, right. yeah. Well, no, 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 because that's down in South Florida. So, okay. so, Rod, but I see him at, at, at the tournaments at Nagos oh, okay. and Artist Suave and stuff, and I'm like, oh, what's up, Rod? Um, so anyway, I um, Rod did. Yeah, from what? Uh, no, 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 Ralph. Ralph guys, like, Ralph. Ah, I was there for that. Yeah, okay. I was there for that. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And oh man, yeah, Ralph Acosta. That's okay. They, they were like brothers though. They yeah, were like yeah. they were like inseparable. Um, yeah, Ralph's a beast though, and and I loved Ralph's wrestling style. I learned so much from Ralph, uh, and Ralph and Cap both. Like learning the pressure style from Cap, just smashing me, and, and, and relentless. Swirly style from. Yeah. It was the, the the best of both worlds, you know. And so so I attribute the both of them with my like ability to wrestle and or anti wrestle. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't have the best yeah, yeah. wrestling, but I know how to wrestle enough to do jujitsu. Yes, yes, and I can work my jujitsu off of my wrestling defense, yeah. you know, and so, so that's where I got that. But so, Rich, I, I made the team. There was like a list. There's a there's a, a list for all the weight classes, and I made the team, and it was posted up. And then I remember Rich asking me, like, "Hey, are you Dylan Gower?" And I'm like, Hang on, this is uh, you guys were training together, also. No, I don't know it. No, I hadn't trained. Well, well, maybe we had a little bit, but he's like 170, and I'm 135 pounds. So, and we're both white belts. So I hooted somewhere, and he was gone for a long time because he trained and got staph infection when he was at uh, Knockout Fitness, and he was he didn't train, and he had come back sometime after I had been there. So, so he came back after I was training for a couple of months, and so, and 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 so he was kind of. Invisible. I don't think he's invisible to me, but I didn't see him come back. I don't remember him yeah, coming back he, until he, this he, day. He's just some other dude on the mat. Yeah, just some other dude on the mat. Yeah, and 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 and, and until that day, he's like, "Are you doing Gower?" And I'm like, "Like, yeah." He's like, "Oh, are you on the you're the, on the amateur fight team?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah." He's like, "You want to fight?" I'm like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Oh, 
maybe I want to do that too, basically. Oh, like at that time, that's when he decided he wanted to fight, you know? He's like, I'm, I'm going to fight too. And so, um, and so that's when we, we started doing that. And as far as like coaching and like cornering, like we had no, no idea what we were doing, man. We drove up. The, so the first time was with Patino, but the second time it was, it was um, with, oh man, the second fight. That wasn't the second fight. Dude. Dude. My second fight. I took on 24 hours notice. Were you there to corner somebody? No, man. This was, this was, uh, for, oh my goodness, Paul's buddy Cardosa. You know Cardosa? Uh, uh, what's his first name? Uh, he, so this is for his buddy and, and, and Will was fighting on the card. So Will Sizemore was fighting on the card and I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm cornering Will. I'm going to go hang out. We were sparring. This was Friday night. I got done sparring gi training. And Paul's like, hey, do you want to fight tomorrow? And I'm like, this is like a 6 p.m. fight. So it's less than 24 hours. And it's at it's at 130 pounds. It's at 130. Is this one? Though? No, 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 no. no, no. That's no. way later, right? Yeah, no. This is against some wrestler, Dax Christmas. This is the only time I'm not friends with. Fuck that kid, Dax Christmas. If you're listening, fuck you, kid. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, but but you um, are not friends no, no, we were friends with him. <laughs> um, he, uh, he, but he wouldn't shake my hand after the fight. Wouldn't Are you know? You no, fuck dude. Yeah, fuck that guy, dude. I didn't shake his hand before, but fuck that. I don't shake hands before because I've seen enough sucker punches. Yeah, and yeah. that was kind of my thing. I would shake hands like in the locker room, whatever. We're good, and then yeah. So, so the the I, I cut ten pounds. I cut, yeah. I no, not not touching. Or touching. Wait. No, no. If you, if you. Oh, a sucker punch. Somebody is oh, trying to touch. You're, for you're sure. A you're a piece of shit. For sure. I, I don't care whether it's protect yourself or all time or whatever. You're a piece of shit. Yeah, you, for sure. Yeah. Mm, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a sport, so we're not here to hurt each other. Yeah, we're here to compete against each other. We're here to compete. You know, sidebar, that kid that's ripping heels right now, that. It's all controversial. I saw like Tom DeBlas defend him, like, oh, well, just, 50, oh, the, the kid, the kid, yeah, yeah, and no, and, no, and, no. and we're not here. No, no, exactly. And and Tom DeBlas defended him. He was like, well, this is competition. It's fifty thousand dollars on the line. I'm like, fuck that. This is a sport. Yes. We are not here to intentionally hurt our opponents. We're here to win. We're Don't here to wrong. win. Oh, yeah. You pull as hard as you can to the point. Because you know, yeah, yeah, like. It's and then if they don't tap, bop, 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 yeah. fine. That's cool. But you don't rip. You yeah, must no, no. give them the opportunity. Uh, Listen, like, hey, hey, hey. Like that, there, there is no penalty for, for hitting someone in the head with a baseball if, if someone at bat. But you don't do it. Like, but I don't peg a baseball at someone's head to walk them. Like they intentionally walk people, yeah. the, the heavy hitters, but I don't peg the baseball at their head. Because well, them trying. It's a career-ending shit. It's career yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's it's we're we are not in combat. This is a sport, and so anyone that's convoluting that is wrong. And Tom yeah, DeBlas or anyone you're with. So Paul Tom, Paul, Paul disagree with me too. Hey, and you know what? That's fine. Because I, it's he, he says. But well, I take that back. He he won't disagree with you because I, if you do not give the person the opportunity to tap, that's yeah. not fair. And look, I might disagree in an, even in MMA. Maybe even MMA, I would say fucking rip it. Maybe. 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 Yeah, exactly. I personally wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, fair. Like, yeah. But I wouldn't be so upset about it in an MMA competition. Yeah, 
e but even then it's a sport you know don't take it so fucking seriously bro but but you know what maybe that's why i'm not world champion you know what i mean so yeah there's a difference between self-defense and look that's assault bro that's assault dude you're trying to this you're trying to hurt them you know it's assault dude it's like it's different yeah so i yeah i'm with you on that yeah so, so, and, and, and I don't know how much of that comes from our traditional martial arts background. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's yeah. the, it's, a, it's the, it's the honor of win. Yeah, it's yeah, the honor yeah. of the win. It's yeah, like, so. it's like, I am Dylan Gower. What is your name? You yeah, do yeah, battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you like stand there, wait, you're going to tell me your name. Yeah. What house? Yeah. Like, let's go, let's do battle. Oh, you honor me with your, yeah, 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 but that's yeah, it. That's yeah, it. Yeah, and there's no, something about that. There's something about that. You know, you know, like just stuff like that is it's it, it might be getting lost right now. You know? Yeah. Um and, and, and yeah respecting the training area though I think is important. Respecting, you know, everything respecting what you do, you know, that's like you know tie in to skateboarding. I don't want to tie everything back to skateboarding. Like, literally everything I know about life is from skateboarding, I've realized. Okay. Like all of my views on on politics and everything yeah. come from like my, my first growing up as skateboarding and people like telling me don't do this because you might get hurt. And then your, your parents will sue me. And I'm like, no, I, I'll be fine. And then if I get hurt, my parents aren't going to sue you. And they're like upset. I'm like, no, I, you can't skate here. I'm like, you're but kicking me out. Defense, you wouldn't be saying that if somebody didn't. Sure. Decide, you know, Man, just, you know what? I don't think it ever happened. I don't, I don't recall ever like anyone getting sued. I mean, like, all, you know, I mean we, I, we operate in, in, in a society of common law, right? It's true. Like, common law exists because and it's based on precedent. Sure. So it happened some maybe one time maybe something yeah lawyers and liability though bro I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. lawyers <laughs> uh, but anyway so so you know you go to a skate spot or you you go to a skate park and you like trash the place people are like what the fuck bro you're not welcome here like no one wants you to skate here yes. if you're gonna come and leave yeah, the place exactly. really trash laying around and you come here and you walk around the train around your shoes and you, you know, whatever you spit on the, you know what I mean? Like take your nose and wipe it on the, you know, it's like, yeah, what are you like, doing, bro? Yeah. Like you're not, what, you're not welcome here. Like you can't That's do an that. That's interesting thing because like I, it, you see that in judo, like when you spoke, you don't see it in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Um, Which is weird. And I don't know where that came from. Like, well, again, I think that, that's, very distinct I, I think, I think it's, um, because jiu-jitsu, I, I, I feel as though it's, Again, as a monitor, I feel as though jujitsu, there's a certain amount of like virtualism, but entitlement with it. Where, like, you know, in judo, like you, you clean the mats beforehand, the students clean the mats beforehand, and they clean them afterhand because they it's a way of paying homage to the mats, right? Yeah. And, and there must be something about jujitsu where because the students aren't the ones cleaning the mats. They don't give a fuck because it's not their problem, and I, I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah. willing to get. I'm overgeneralizing. Yeah, I feel that's. Yeah, it's it, it's it's definitely a different culture, and I don't know if that's because of. You know the like the Brazilian culture versus Japanese culture, or yeah, exactly. Yeah, We're I, right? like, yeah, I, I I don't really know, um, but. Yeah, I I. I, I don't think I can expect it. I I don't know why it's not inherent to it. I mean, wrestlers, it's not a thing in wrestling. It's not a thing. Like, I don't remember it being a thing in Taekwondo. Do you remember yeah, cleaning the mats? Well, we didn't and, have mats. Well, exactly, right? And then it was like, yeah, we were on the but community center. Pretty, I'm very certain. They, the I wrestlers cleaned up? They cleaned up their shit. Yeah, yeah, that's like, probably true, I guess. Yeah. Like, I don't know, but it, 
it's yeah the high school teacher's doing it like yeah right right yeah he yeah, should yeah, be yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah. I, this is like I, it's one of those things i'm sort of like observed but the um so you're talking about, talking about skating culture and how that carried to you um fast forward a little bit right You've had yeah a couple fights now. so now it has fights and and, and i'm Teaching. I started teaching at Paul's when I was in 2009, actually. That's, so, that's what I yeah, to. so this is actually. You and I have this weird commonality. Yeah, so. so you were a what belt? Blue belt? Yes, I was a blue belt. I was a blue belt, a blue shirt in MMA. No. Could you have maybe a blue, today? yeah. A blue belt is the one who class. Well, but here's the thing I was not teaching gi class. Okay. I was teaching Paul's submission grappling and MMA curriculum. I was teaching a Mostly the MMA classes and the submission grappling classes, and Paul was teaching me. He reached out to me, and man, I was like honored. I remember the first time Paul like said my name. I was like, "Oh, he knows my name." I didn't think he knew my name for like the first three months of right. the gym, you know. Um, and and he um, he he probably didn't. Sarah signed me up. It was yeah. like you know what I mean. Um, so shout out to Sarah. Yeah, awesome. yes, she is. Um, and so, and shout out to Rocky and Bailey. Oh, oh dude. man, yeah, that's oh man, wow. they were the mascots back then, dude. <laughs> yeah, shoo, yeah, they stayed at my house. I, I babysit them, dog sat a bunch oh, of so times. You were yeah. the one that was responsible uh, a, okay, a bunch right. of times, yeah. And and yeah, oh man, and Buddha, remember the one eyed dog? Oh man, the Buddha one time, <laughs> when I was living at Sissio's, and Buddha tries to jump up on the couch, but jumps right face first into the arm of the couch. Bow! Does it, hey, can't see it. It's like, oh, you know, poor dog. You know, I hate to laugh at it, but then I'm like, oh, and they turn and jump right up. I'm like, oh, hey, come on, come on, dog. You know, um, yeah, cute dogs, man. Um, love those dogs. But um, but anyway, so I, I started, Paul approached me after, I, I can't remember if it was just after a, a random class or after one of the promotions. Um, it's probably, it must have been after class, and I used to like mob the math. I'd be, hey, I'll, yeah. I'll help out. I'll mob them because Patino and, and, and Ramos, you know, shout out to Steve, who one of my students actually works with now. Oh, he's a farmer? No, 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 no. Uh, he's like a tech like a, a tech guy with, with, uh, with Steve. But Steve's a farmer. Steve? Ramos? Yeah. But he's a tech guy that works with Steve? Yes. I don't know if Steve got a new job. I don't know. Uh, yeah, he, I have yeah, no yeah. idea. He was, yes, he was like, he was like a Steve Ramos. I was like, Steve Ramos. He was like, oh, I know this guy. He said maybe he knew you. Like, I was like, he was like, Ramos. I was like, Steve? I was like, bro, you got to be careful. Steve, Steve's a fucking killer, bro. I was like, yo, yo, yo. Yeah, Steve's a monster, man. Yo, he's like one of the best through Orlando. Just one of like. The lost talents, you know what I mean? But yeah, again, started a family, did, you know what I mean? Like saw the path early, you know what I mean? And and, and more power to him. So um, so anyway, Paul approached me and I was always a stippling on technique, like all the details, the super technical details of, of all the moves. I remember like when I do my blue belt tests, just every, for, for weeks before having the test and just going through the list, I knew every single technique i probably still do i could probably recite you know yeah. maybe maybe 80 of it at least like like the techniques they were on it and and every detail like in my head i'd be at work and not working i'd be working but i'd be thinking okay grab collar here put foot here do the every step by step by step and so i ha i knew every single detail and so i i 
always was um, very into the, the super precise details of the techniques. And so when I... It's interesting because you said, you just said yourself, your skateboarding is not that way. Well, no, it is. Well, oh, I don't do a technical kind of skateboarding. So what, Explain what I, the difference, please. So what I mean is like um, a technical skateboarding is first like, like flip tricks and manuals, doing like kick flips. If I do like a flip trick and land on two wheels and, and, and balance over like a descent and then do another it's flip sort of trick like out. Like, okay. Yeah, this is like low stuff though, but low potential for injury. Okay. I'm only doing stuff on, on stuff like this. All right. Um, I would do big, very fast moves that require precision. All moves require precision. Or like, you know, but um, typically not as technical, meaning I'm not doing a flip trick and like the board flipping underneath my feet and trying to catch it and then land okay. on something, you know? So like, let's relate this, let's see, we're talking the difference between a... You're talking about a pressure like a, passer? Like a meow or, versus, or, or like, okay, a technical person I would say is like a Papa Mendes. Sure. Fucking just... But technical boom, 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 yeah, fast, yeah, quick, like going over. Yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. Versus, versus the pressure passer. They're just like, boom. Versus like somebody like a, I, I mean, there's so many good players. But like a, yeah, a pressure passer. A pressure passer. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't, I don't like pressure yeah. So like yeah. It just requires so much. Versus Paul. It's Paul versus, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah like, yeah, yeah. just to put it somewhere in our world, you know what I mean? It, exactly. It's literally, and I'm the opposite jiu-jitsu because I'm the technical or, like, cartwheeler, like, I'm hyperactive passer, you know, you put this one and that one. Well, Paul does too, for sure. But Paul, like, cartwheels under pressure and just mushes you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> the only guy who makes, he hurts me when I have guard. Yeah. I'm like, my legs hurt, man. Why does this like, happen? Yeah. Yeah, Paul's but so, awesome. Okay, so you're, you. Oh, so he approached you're, me. You're, uh, focus on attention. So we were sitting after class and he just said, you know, he basically wanted me to do some of the behind the desk stuff. And I believe this is when he and Sarah were separating. And so he needed somebody as well. This is a golden rod still. Yeah. And so, so he needed someone to work behind the desk and do those things. And, um, and this is also at the time, like he was getting ready to, no, this is no, a year later. He opened up winter Springs. Um, so that was, that was later, but he, um, Patino opened that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, so, so he needed, he needed somebody, you know? And, um, so I taught this initial grabbing class and just the curriculum. That was the, like the benefit of the curriculum. I taught the beginner classes. Well, I just taught the, he didn't tell me what to teach. He didn't have like, he's never, but he had that, that those t-shirts. I mean, you remember that there was the tests, right? And hey, so I just taught stuff off the the white, yellow, and orange like, I mean, like, up to blue belt. Sure. Yeah. So that's what I taught, and I knew all those things like perfect to his level yeah. of detail because that's what he showed me, right? And so I, I I did all those techniques, and that's what I showed, and uh, and and so it it worked out. And I remember signing up a bunch of people. I, mean, I signed up Bill Sizemore. I signed yeah, up really? Corey Wingo. I signed up. Jamie Cardenas, I sh- I signed, signed up Jamie. Oh, I signed up Jamie. Oh man, He's my yeah, that's, so. dude, Jamie's awesome, dude, oh, and yeah, um, and Jamie, I, I believe I hooked Jamie up when he first moved here. He lived with Steve Cinewell. You remember Cinnabon? Oh, Steve Cinewell, bro. Shout out to Cinewell. 
He's in New Jersey. He lives in New Jersey. He got married like a while. But I saw him. I was working at Naga, and he was like, oh, come I was like, come on out, bro. No, no, no. No, but but he came out and said, hi. He moved out. He lived with this this other kid. Oh, man, I'm going to forget this kid's name. Dude, Hunter. Hunter. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah, and so he – Hunter need a place, and I hooked him up because Hunter he was moving, and I was like, "Hey, you need a place to live," and it just yeah, yeah, yeah. worked out. Maybe that wasn't Jamie. It was just it doesn't matter. Anyway, then I end up living there too, and having. Wait, is this on? This is no. This. Uh, this I remember was dropping Sissio off when he was living with you a while. This so. this was on Goldenrod, closer to the closer to Colonial. Yeah, yeah, close to Colonial on Goldenrod at that time. And then, yeah, Sissio, that was when I lived at Sissio. So after that place, I lived with Rich up in Winter Springs, and I had to ride my bike all the way down. So I rode my bike like 10 oh miles to God. train, unless Rich or someone else gave me a ride, or you used to give me some rides sometimes too. Yeah. Um, and, and yes, I did. I remember like, you, oh like the bike would fit in someone's car, and be like, yes, I'm getting a ride today. But, bro, I remember riding one time, I was riding in this flat tire. Pff, flat tire. Looks like it's walking Thunderstorm. <laughs> this is the most, like, um, and like it's pouring down rain. I'm walking. I'm pushing the bike, and I'm working. I get a, I get a ride to Tuscaloosa to 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 teach. You were I was teaching Tuscaloosa. So, so Paul, so you left Goldenrod because that's the reason. Yeah. Well, well, well. That, he opened a bunch of places because he he was overwhelmed. He had yeah, Goldenrod. Uh, Hunter Street. Hunter's. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the the, the, the Saint Cloud. Yeah. yeah. And so, so that was gone already at this time. Once he opened Winter Springs, and then he opened Waterford, and he and Bettino were still together at the time. He had separated with Perny already, but he and Bettino yeah, were yeah, still yeah. together, and so he had three. And then it was like, well, so Rich and, and I. I was actually the first. I opened Waterford Lakes. I was the first Did instructor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Shout out to Junebug. You know Junebug. Yeah, I was. I was the first instructor uh, at at Waterford. Um, so that's, crazy. that's a crazy thing, right? Crazy. I think yeah. That feels like you and I, sure. and looking back, I'm like, was had no idea what I was doing. Shouldn't have been teaching. Like a blue belt. You know what I mean? Like a, maybe for martial arts, right? Like well, not martial arts. I, I feel as though it's. There's a system in place for traditional martial arts where as you rank up, you're sort of like taught how to teach. There's, there's a certain part of the hierarchy where that, that like, I don't know whether it's intentional or that's just the way it works, but because there are such solid curriculum and, and like very crystallized curriculum. Yeah, it's dogmatic it though in a sense too, you know what I mean? Dogmatic. It makes it easy, though, to pass on information from one rank to the next. 100%. And as they rank up, they can easily pass it back, right? Sure. I mean, it's the same same as judo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the Kodokan manual. This is what you teach. This is judo. And, like, what innovations have happened in judo in the last 50 years? Like, Grip fighting was the big thing, like Mike Swain and Gene LeBay. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, look, grip fighting. Oh, wow. Like, look at these Americans with their grip fighting technique. You know, like, what's new? It's like, it's like, oh, look, because now these jujitsu guys, or I'm not, I'm sorry, these judo guys are also black belts in jujitsu. So that's what's new because they've got good arm bars. Oh, yeah. Okay. That 30 seconds in the Iwaza, you know, like, it matters. Yeah. So, like, do you feel as though when you were. Your early stages of teaching, did you feel qualified? Were you scared? Bro, I don't feel qualified now. I I, I, I don't. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, 
I mean, yes and no. I mean, I do and I don't, and I did and I didn't. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like I did because I was given the, the, opportunity. the opportunity, you know? And, oh, man, shout out to Luigi. Luigi and I, I was teaching a class one time, and I was teaching, like, an ankle lock. And, like, back the ankle the old school ankle lock ashi this way with you know but literally i like that day patino and paul and i had gone over like a rare instance it happened on occasion that we like go over curriculum like hey this is what we're teaching this week or this is and we did it that day before class and so i showed it exactly like paul did and luigi was like no that's not how it's done i'm like this, this is, is what I got, though, and right? I was like, "Sorry, this is the way that it's taught." You know what I mean? I felt like awkward. Luigi's already like a UFC vet, yeah. and like he's, I think he was, yeah, he was a black belt at the time, or no, he wasn't. He was a brown belt, I believe, still at, at the time. But still, it was like, bro, I, dude, I, what do I want to tell you? I can't tell you. Like, he got upset at me. I think it like created like I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, Luigi. I don't, I don't know, man. That's what Paul told me, you know, and like, yeah. So, so you get instances like that, and it's like. Probably he was showing some more advanced version of a leg lock that now is like, oh yeah, because you step the foot over here, you put the other foot on the hip. Oh, that makes sense. Or you yeah. put the, you know, like duh. But so let me ask you then, um, because I was, I just, I don't want to take over. Hey, like, yeah, of course. I I was also thrust into teaching at a very very early stage too, right? Like I I, I fortunately had the the experience from teaching Taekwondo. Before I did eleven years of that before I got into jiu-jitsu, so like I at least had a structure and an idea of how to teach. What do you feel like when you started teaching and whatnot? Like you're just like I'm just gonna do what I'm told, which is what I did as well. At what point did you do? Did you ever? Because you, you have to know you're in school. Sure. Where you were like. I need to either discover this on my own and not do exactly just what I'm told by a boss necessarily, right? Like I'm going to teach, uh, you know, because you were teaching. I mean, that, that's when I entered the picture at Winter Springs. Sure. You were teaching then. Yeah, like, a couple days a week. You were on your way out. There, yeah, and I was on my way in. Well, actually, you know? I went back to Patino's. I was doing the after school. Exactly. Patino, right. Like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. I've like, been ever ATT. Right? <laughs> so like, you know, we're, we're so much that way. Yeah. Um, where, like, at this point, are you? Are you making up your own curriculum? Are, like, where do you start developing you know, your, indi- uh, your, your independent thoughts about this? I mean, it, it got really hard because at that time, there was no, like, internet and things. You know, I had, like, Marcelo Garcia's X-Guard book, oh, and right. I had, like, some, some stuff. There's fucking Kid Caligro books, right? Yeah, and, yeah, yes, yeah, I did. I yeah, had some kid, yeah, you know, yeah. like, like, like in the, you know, in, MMA, like, in Ultimate Fighter or whatever with, like, with, like, Rodrigo Gracie and, you know, like, oh, yeah, God. I had some of those, bro, you know, and I had, you know, and so I'd seen other techniques and stuff that had in there, and I actually developed, you know, like, a decent X-Guard. I mean, no one else in the school had an X-Guard, and I read right. the book, and I was like, oh, Marcelo's an X-Guard. I'm going to learn X-Guard. And, yeah, I mean, and like, so, we're basing it on, like, what you see, it, right? Like, yeah, and so I would show some things every now and again. I would show X guard, or I would show something that was mine, not mine, but something I learned from somewhere else. But yeah. no one ever taught me because I learned it my had to read it and like see it and like, oh, this is Marcelo's technique. But like, you know, you have to figure it out. And so I think that kind of helps. I think at the end of the day, um, Paul says something to me one time, and um, and he said, uh, you know, if you're teaching something, if you're just regurgitating a lesson. Like anybody can do that, yeah. you know, 
if you can't internalize the lesson and glean the actual substance from it and then take that and turn it into your own lesson. Like, what did I learn from this? What did I learned from this? Can I put this together into a new side control lesson? I learned position one, two, and three. We yeah. brought that up earlier, right? One, two, three, four, five. Great. These are cool. But like, these are not the only side control positions by any means, you know? So I kind of use them as rough guides these days. But I'm just like, oh, this, this is side control, cross body, you know? There are reasons. Why do we transition? We transition because our partner has survival. They bring the elbows in here. I have to move. They go here. I have to move. But but it's not like one through five. But again, what else do you call them? You know, like you know, we call the judo reverse judo cross body. You know, but then cross body. There's seven. You know, you want here. You want over the arm, under the arm, under the elbow. You know, like like where are you cross body? Where are you? You know, like I. So I think having names from this is kind of hard. It's very, hard. it's very hard, you know. Something that Eddie Bravo did, I guess, arguably well. I don't know having these unique names is that good or not, you know. That's nothing. That's no different than like Kodokan Judo. Like, let's go back, right? Like, sure. The way you effectively and you codify it, pass on information. Is the yeah, you have, you have to. to. You have right? to. And that's a massive thing missing from Judo. For sure, I agree. And I that was something. So why I was talking about that is because I, I I feel like that's what I was seeking at that time. Okay. I was like, you know, fundamentals, you got to teach, like, oh, like, I understood, like, how important fundamentals are. Fundamental, oh, yeah, like, the basics. I'm like, well, what is basic? What is basic? What's fundamental? Yes. Like, what, like, I didn't even know. Like, I tried to look up, like, what, what's a fundamental, like, lesson? Like, is it a scissor sweep fundamental? Is mount, like, I, I, you know, I didn't know what's considered, like, tradition even. Like, what's the the right way to show mount what's the right way is the way that we do it at, at paul's the right way because i would go to another school like i i i my parents live in virginia and yeah. so i went up there as a blue belt and i trained with pedro sour and then they showed something oh, really? and i'm like oh this is really cool and like some level of detail on some front choke and i'm like oh cool all right i'm gonna use this choke and i started using it on people i, I got mark lucia with it at a at an in-house tournament you oh, know like, like oh shout man out shout out to mark man yeah he's still running stuff over there man looks like looks like a, a vagabond like i used to wait a minute oh, i still do is, i still do so oh man <laughs> yeah man yeah mark's awesome man i um i but but going other places you come yeah but yeah come on. so so i um you would go places and learn other things and like, well, is that the right way? But then, oh, you start to realize, back to skateboarding, there is no right way. You can see 10 people, 10 of your friends will do kickflips and they all do it with their own flair. They all do their own style. So 10 of your students can all learn the same 10 lessons and they're all going to put them together different ways and do it. It's based on their personality. But there are fundamental principles why each single one of them can do it their own way. I agree with that, okay? But so I think that jujitsu has to be put through a filter, okay? There's a filter that you have to put all these techniques through um, to ensure that they're effective, you know? Um, But for instance, like, you know, an arm bar, okay? Like, like how how many grips can you use on the arm bar? You know what I mean? Like I can, I can grab wrist and elbow here. I can grab across and into the elbow. I can, you know, I can not have the elbow. I can reach across the body. I can force the arm across like arm drag and reach across. Like, like, so is the grip important? No, but the angle is. The angle is the, 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 
getting the elbow controlled and pinned to the middle is. So I can use a grip. I can use my body. He could just put it there for me, right? So it doesn't matter how I get it there or keep it there. Does it work? Or if it doesn't work, does it lead directly into another attack or sweep that you can use? Well, then cool. It's good jujitsu, right? Because at the end of the day, all jujitsu is defeatable. None of it really works. It is the ultimate chest match. Right? <laughs> there's, there's nothing, I mean, and this is leading back to, you know, your sources of information with these, like, fucking hit the legal books and whatnot. But, like, you know, early on, like, just from my experience, like, I was, you know, privy to the internets. Sure. And, like, you know, I uh, straight blast gym tapes and, honestly, the Gracie Jiu-Jitsu tapes. Yeah. And the one thing that Maureen Gracie says in, like, fucking Gracie Jiu-Jitsu Fundamentals 1 or whatever it is, where Hoist is literally the uke. In these videos, he says, the beauty of jujitsu is that it's the, it's the ultimate chess match, and there's no move that anybody can do that is so efficient that with the proper knowledge, find a counter or a, a way to stop it. Yeah. And that's, that's an amazing thing. It really you know, is. Like, and you're a blue belt at this point. Sure. Or are you, are you a blue belt? I, I was a blue belt when I started teaching, and then, uh, yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. Is this. I, is this uh, relevant to you then? Like, it, it, have you realized this yet? I, I don't think so. Not yet at this point. You know, I think even probably not until I opened my schools after I was a black belt. Yeah. Probably, yeah. I mean, I maybe not. I mean, I definitely there was – I had techniques that were my own and things that I taught that were my own. And even, like, the lessons, the, the techniques that I learned from other people – I didn't teach them the way that I learned. You know what I mean? I, yeah, and, that, and there's nothing wrong with that either, right? Like, but that, certain that techniques, awesome. sure. But like certain techniques, I, I, I've gone back and forth and back and forth multiple times. Like, do I even need to teach this technique? It was so critical that I learned it, you know. Um, but for example, name one. Oh man. Um, what What did you learn? Okay, on? so I'm just gonna give you like a terrible example. Okay, well, a, a good example, but like defending knee on belly, pushing the knee off, and opening up your elbow. That's, Steve, Steve, shout out to Steve Wynn. Okay. He and I are literally studying this right now. Go on. Counter with the arm bar. Yes. Well, why ever teach someone to push like this? Why not just teach them to use their elbow and shrimp and do it the right way? Because that's the way it's always been done. Well, which is a very unfortunate thing. Well, I teach. But then here's the other issue. I stopped teaching it like this. I started to teach it the right way. I was like, just use your elbow, frame this one across. At what point did you realize that? Oh, a long time ago. But but now I've gone back and I teach this way too. Or at least Really? Okay, or at least I don't necessarily teach this way, but I make people do that in order to show them the arm bar. Okay, fair enough. Right? Because it's like, look, if someone if you're in neon belly and this arm they Go, you know, because it's an interesting reverse engineer because you you only can't do it because the arm bar is there. I mean, why can't you do this? I can do this just fine unless I can arm bar it. Unless you feel so confident that you have good arm bar defense, then by all means do it. But but if you don't know the arm bar, you don't know what you don't know, right? So so if you don't do it wrong and get countered, then you don't know why to do it right in the first place. You know, and there's so many moves like this where it's like so that's an interesting. Because uh, just to sidetrack a little bit, my earliest memory of Paul 
was when he had just recently got his brown belt at Crazy Bomb. And he started teaching the fundamentals. And it, I still quote this all the time. He said, if you test with me when you're getting your blue belt, he said, there are many correct ways of doing things. And even if you do it the way I don't teach you and you figure out your own way to do it, I will still give you credit for it. I will still award you your, your brown belt. Or your blue belt, excuse me. As long as you just don't do it one of the wrong ways. Because <laughs> there are fundamentally wrong ways of doing it. And things. I remember similar speeches from Paul. You know, and that's awesome, right? And, and I've given speeches like that to my students. because, And, and so I think I did sort of understand that. Okay. But then I didn't understand, like, what that really meant. Though. I didn't understand the context. Yes. I was like, what do you mean? Like, no, I just do it right. But I didn't understand it meant, like, oh, just control the elbow and then they can't turn. You can use your hand, you can use your belly, you can use your elbow, you can use oh, whatever you want. You use something, stop them turning their elbow, and they won't turn into you, and, and, and you win. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, I don't have to do this. But if you do, you have to be able to explain to me why you don't do it the way I show. Yes. Like, why, why, do you, why is that good? Well, then, and I'll give you, they'll be the devil's advocate, but well, then why not this then? Then if they do this, because then... Oh, I didn't think about that. Well, you know, and this is happening to you at what level? Oh, well, currently even right now, like, sure? it okay. still happens. You know, but I think I, again, this is like kind of when I opened the school, like I, I, when I was really in charge of okay. doing my own thing. You know, because I had always been teaching, but with someone else. You know, like I was never in charge of the program. Patina was in charge of the program, and Paul was in charge of the program. And at Winter Springs, I felt yeah, that Sisio, but I felt Sisio was in charge. Like it. I'm, I was the higher rank. I was a purple belt, I think, and Sissy was a blue belt. Yeah, yeah, but like, player. but I wasn't. I mean, I, I was head instructor. Yeah. But I remember uh, specifically him being like, "Hey, we should promote this guy and do." I'm like, "We should." And I'm like, "I guess so." And I'm like, you know, like, yeah, like, like, like things. Sissio is a little bit quick to promote. Yes, I agree. I agree, and um, you know the. Two people that, that got blue belts, like one of them probably should have, and the other one probably well deserved it on the mat, but is an athlete and was you know what I mean, and yes. just you know, and he's actually he came back, he trained here, he he lives in Canada, he came back during COVID, like oh man, I'm, I'm living here now because I can work remote, and I you know I'm like cool man, you know, and he bought a rash guard and what you know, really? I, I hadn't seen him in forever, you know, and nice. um, but yeah, just one random one from back then, that's, that's awesome, know, dude. yeah. Really? So you made the first. That, and that's the crazy thing is like how many people the impact man even like refereeing you know I referee I've been refereeing since 2015 2016 I started traveling so let's circle back a little bit okay you're teaching you're teaching at Winter Springs oh, okay. so you're teaching at Winter Springs you're teaching at Waterford you're teaching at Winter Springs again <laughs> you go back to Waterford back to Waterford where where in your life and, and we all fall prey to this right like I did you say to yourself, and like I said, I'm living vicariously through you. I want to make martial arts my life. Oh, before I moved to Florida. Really? Yeah. But I thought that fighting was the way. Okay. You know, like, again, like, I don't, I, I didn't go into it thinking, like, I didn't, even though, like, looking back, I think skateboarding, but look, look back at skateboarding, I, like, I started skateboarding because I loved skateboarding. It was so much fun. I did it because I loved it. But then I was like, oh, then I want to be a pro because professional skateboarding is That's what you, you Yeah, okay, cool. You know, so what that was my goal. And I didn't realize there was like 
like ways to skateboard without having it. And maybe even professional isn't the best thing. And kind of the same thing with jiu-jitsu and fight. I'm an animal. Okay, I want to do martial arts for a living. Fighting's cool. Let me see if I can do martial arts. Well, how do you do that? You fight. You fight MMA. And right, yeah, yeah. Like, that, that, that's okay. Your, that's your frame of reference. Yeah, it's all, you know. all I knew. And so I come down here and Paul's fought and Patino's fight. Everyone's sorry. All these people have fought. Okay, I guess you fight. You know what I mean? And and so I fight. And um, you know what changed it for me was well, my last fight. Before my last fight is 2013. Now, fast forward. The, I've, yeah, but I've, I've okay. so I fought seven times in MMA. I fought five times in Muay Thai, undefeated Muay Thai, and uh, four and three in MMA. So I have a winning record. Um, but just you know probably should have put on some weight probably should have you know a bunch of things you know and, and and but the the last fight i went to train in indiana with miguel torres okay. and so i went and lived with him for like three or four okay. weeks like three weeks he like he came down for a seminar that's and he taught you the foot lock where you fucking swish yes, up the foot yes, yes oh my god yes okay, okay so he came and no, shout out to Miguel because he's an OG and I've, you know, watched Dude. him on WEC and was like, yeah. bro, can, I want to do that. And he was like, that was the little guy. Those were the little guys. Like, yeah, he, he's he was like, he, he's your role He model, was right? me, bro. He yeah. literally, I looked up to him before, like in Virginia, before I moved up here, he was like, yo, that guy, Miguel Torres, yo, he's legit. Um, and so when he came down for a seminar, I was like, let's go. I'm going to do, you know, and um, I roll with him a little bit and, um, and he invited me up to train like yo if you want to come up you know i've got an extra room you can stay you can drive my car around and i'm like really like it sounds unbelievable you know yeah, <laughs> and like, like i'm like sure yeah I'll, I'll, I'll let's go and so i i took him up on it i, I was like hey i've got a, a fight camp and he he was supposed to have a fight too so i was gonna go up help him okay. his fight ended up getting pulled out or hurt his knee or something i can't remember um and he so but I had a fight. So I went up and trained. I literally I trained twice a day. He gave me his car to drive around and his house was like skating distance. So I skateboarded to the gym because I was, you know, close enough to, to skate there. And it was at a time actually when he was moving his gym from like his his uh one spot in Indiana to the not the spots currently in, but the spot was just he just moved into like a giant spot, got some investor, and, like he was like, like hooked up, yeah. Um, but I helped him move all this stuff and I would like help him rewire his AC. I hung drywall for him. Yeah, and I you did do all this by way of Jim Andrews. Jim Andrews, shout out to Jim. Man, my man, Jim, if you're listening, you better come in and start training. I hear I hear you're trying to get back in shape first. The oldest excuse in the book. Yeah, like, which is like a terrible <laughs> because you know what? Come and if see you us, homie. Believe in the process, you get in shape. Oh, and you know what? Jim knows he was he used jujitsu to get in shape the first time. Exactly. He used like and 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 we don't care how good you are. I hope you suck because now that you're so giant, I don't want you to smash me. I need you to suck, Jim. Bro, Come roll with me. Come right. roll with me, Jim. <laughs> Dude, probably worse. Probably worse. Dude. Dude. Yeah, I love Jim's ass, man. Um. So so. I went with to, to train Miguel and had a great time, great experience. He had Cajun's his backyard at the time, and we like I trained really? every day, and it was it was amazing. Um, my for only true fight camp. I went into the fight with so much confidence because I trained with Miguel and learned all these new techniques and all these moves and all this, stuff, which really is really good to learn a bunch of new techniques and a bunch of new moves no, and like question stress. Yeah. So in hindsight, maybe it wasn't the best. I mean, I should have gone up and then done a camp, like done the beginning yeah. of the camp, and then at the end, you know, and. But part of learning. It's still of, a fairly young sport at that point. It really is. Like oh, it's, it's 2013. Yeah. You like know, it's, so it's still, there's no like super lightweights in the UFC still. There's no like flyweights. In it, you know what I mean? It's just not there. Even just the, the, like, the 
or maybe it just happened. No, flyweights have been in the UFC, and Don, Demetrius Johnson beat Miguel to get him out of the UFC. Oh, like, yeah, so that okay, would just, so yeah. Like, at this point, too, like, just the idea of management, of fight camps, of cross-training, of strength and conditioning, that's all, like, yeah. it's so new to it. So new. Because MMA as a viable form of income is... Yeah. It was just tough guys beating each other up, bro. Exactly. It's, it's almost non-existent. And, and literally, like, when we first started, that's how it still was. Yeah. And, like, you just got beat up at, at Paul and fucking Cap. I love you to death, Cap. But you used to beat the fuck out of me. Like, he used to, like, put me in half guard and just, like, bam, get out. And just, like, beat me like he would have let me out for five minutes. He just punched the shit out of me for five minutes and a half. And now he's, like, man, he's so much better about it. And he understands. He's, like, dude. But, like, that was so important to me. Because it really did help me. And I feel like I'm kind of soft on guys these days. I'm like, dude, am I softening jiu-jitsu? No, no, it's not MMA. All right. You know, I, like, I'm guilty. Of, I mean, okay. So let's – you and I are both coaching. Sure. And, like, you've been teaching for a while. I've been teaching for a while. It's a, it's a super rhetorical question. Um, there's that fucking term. Jiu-jitsu is for everyone. Fuck that, bro. I promoted a purple belt on fucking Wednesday, dude. And now it's, you know, gay Paul speeds about kind of like jujitsu isn't for everybody, you know? Yeah, anyone can, but fucking not even will, bro. Anyone can fucking run a marathon. Anyone can train to fucking deadlift 500 pounds, but not everyone's going to because it's hard. It's difficult to have the dedication and the resiliency to, to struggle through the, the, the misery. Not, not even just physical things. Mental, yeah, mental and emotional. Mental, yeah. just walking in, bro. I dealt with anxiety going in, bro. That like I used to go every day to Dean University. I used to show up. I ride my bike in. I'd get there. You ask Paul. I was there 15, 20 minutes early at least. Did all my stretches one before anyone got there for class, bro. I'm like ready to go, you know. And like, I, I don't understand to this day how people just show up like late and like oh i'm just gonna come right in like dude it, it bother if i go to a new school like somewhere i haven't been i still get anxiety bro you know yeah yeah no 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 like i my students are welcome to come at any time you know if really if okay go on it's like hey i'm coming from work cool man well, i'm coming to class dude i want you here fucking lazy hundred percent but yeah if, if you're like you've been here and you're like or you're like hey i was you know busy doing nothing i was playing video games and that's why i'm 10 minutes late to class i'm like bro what come on man like let's not be you know again this is the respect like what the fuck dude you've got to you've got to know it's disrespecting training partners you know and like there's that mentality like oh you pay to be here so you can do it at, yes but they pay to be here too and they pay to be here with the members that are here and if you come late and skip the warm-up and then like no then does warm-up exist no one comes to warm-up no one comes to everyone just comes to live well let's just skip all of the training let's just do live training you know what i mean well you get some a little better but not that much well you will get better at, at some aspects of it you know like like i think that what depending on what you're trying to get good at if you're trying to get good at fighting the mentality of fighting you can just train live you'll get good at the mentality of fighting I disagree because you still need to drill. Well, I, I didn't say you're going to be good. You still need to drill, and because how else are you going to sharpen the tools? Ah, oh, but that's different. That's a different thing. To sharpen the tools, you definitely have to drill with purpose, and and you have to have techniques like in mind. I want to hit this tonight. I want to start from this position so that I can you know do X Y Z. But the the idea of like a fight, 
Yes, it's unpredictable. Like, yeah, yeah, like, like, like in anything, a stick fight, a knife fight, a gun fight, a fight. Like, that's why, like, you train with cops and, like, military guys, and, like, it's different. They train hard, okay? That mentality yeah. is I'm fighting for my life, okay? So yeah. some people have that and some people don't. That can be, like, like anything, you can raise your baseline, but, you know, you're old enough to remember, like, like greatest heavyweights, you know, like, <laughs> and you, you, did the, you, know, you start with these stats, and you can only increase so much, you know what I mean? Like, you can't get everything 10 out of 10. So you, you, you start at some baseline via genetics, and you can definitely improve at all your weaknesses, you know, but you're going to have strengths, you're going to have weaknesses, and you can get better at everything, but you're going to have some natural limit, right? And and yes. genetics are gonna affect that. Not and everyone and personality. Well, 100%. sure. Well, well, personality will affect the things you choose to care about enough to pursue for long enough to get good at and 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 succeed at. Like you know. But still, you can have the biggest mentality in the world or the best mentality in the world. Not everyone's gonna be Thor. Not everyone's gonna be three hundred and fifty pounds. Like you, you've got the power lifters have been lifting their whole life. They're there, and they're two hundred and sixty pounds. They're just not gonna be that big. They've done all the steroids in the world, and you know some people just don't have the frame. Some people don't have like so the the cognitive capacity to get super good at physics or maybe at the problem solving of jujitsu. I, you know, what I mean, I, I there, there's certain people that struggle with the technical part of it, but you know, they still love it and they, and they go and there's some people that do really good at the technical, but then they struggle to deal with the pressure of hard rounds of someone that wants to hurt them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh. so let me ask you then, cause you and I are at your, 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 a couple of years. When would you get the bar 2016, two days after I got married. Okay. So awesome. <laughs> um, Jen is awesome. By the way. You're um, kidding me. I, so I'm 2019, right? So yeah. Like we're, you're, your black belt career is a little bit ahead of mine. You have now, what's the highest belt you've promoted so far? Well, I've sort of promoted black belt. I have promoted is black that, belt. That's Jose, yeah, right? Jose. Okay. But Paul was there. And so this is like this thing where it's like, Jose came to us after uh, Hurricane Maria. Jose and Sean, who came in, you shook his hand. Yes. Um, who's now a brown belt. And um, he teaches my fundamentals class on Wednesday. And he's a monster. Like he looks like he's twenty, he'll be like thirty-five years old. He's like thirty. Like, and he has cardio. He just goes nonstop. Pat, like, he's the fucking Mike Sahibi. He's gym, so right? like, good. He's so good. Just gives everyone a hard time. Doesn't matter how big they are, how good they are. Everybody struggles with with Sean. And he and Jose came to us after Maria, and Jose was a brown belt, like a four, like like Paul. Okay. Like when I started with Paul, Paul was a brown belt. You know, and he's like a fourth. Four stripe brown belt. He's also had like from Marcio. Fucking ten but, years of experience. Exactly right. So so Jose owned a school. Jose had like brought up Sean, who was a blue belt at the time, who was killing all the blue. You know, he had yeah, like yeah, competed, yeah. and they were killers. Okay, and like every black belt that came to my gym was like, "Hey, when you got giving this guy a black belt?" I'm like, "Bro, I'm like, I'm a black belt. I don't have you're, you're two. Not, I'm not allowed to give a black belt, even though seven black belts are like, why is this guy a black belt? I'm like, I, you know, I don't know. And so like when Paul gave me my first stripe, I awarded him a black belt, but Paul was there. So I was like, all right, there's a three, three stripe yeah, black yeah. belt. And there's a, you know, like legitimize it, you know? And so, so because Jose, nobody doubts that he's a, and now he's a lot. He, he trained Luigi. Yeah, he's trained yeah, out yeah, and, yeah. and do it every, every, he murders everybody. He's still, now he's, Jack, he's like 200 
<laughs> pounds. Um, but yeah, he's a monster, dude. And and his pressure passing, he's very much like Paul, like like this. Though. You know, not, yeah, not, yeah. not as good as Paul, but like Paul I took is, him. Yeah, I think so. I took him to train with Paul one time before he like, before he had a match with uh, with Phil. He had a match with Phil Rowe, and like. Jose was like 165 and Phil came in heavy, like 190 or something or 185. And he's like, oh, I'm not going to make weight. And I was like, not going to make weight. Oh, okay. And then like, oh, man. Like when you see them like go against each other, it's just like a good giant. What event was this? It was at Kasai, I think. Oh, wow. It was like a Kasai. Yeah. And so, um, so didn't win that one. But, but he went to Paul's for that one. And, and like to see him, Paul go was like, was like cool. Cause they're the same style, same build. Yeah. You know, Paul's just better. I mean, they're obviously they're just they're two old school guys yeah. too. Where like that's, that's yeah that that's Carl's Gracie pressure pressure yeah. style, you know. Um, yeah, it's it's good, man. I like the old school jujitsu style that that pressure. Um, but so there's that. I've given um, a brown belt, two, mm, no, Derek. three, three brown belts. Derek, Derek Stan, Stan, and Deshaun. Okay, cool. Um, and then I've given a few purple belts. I give a purple belt to Retro Chris on yeah, on Wednesday. Man. Um, but I've only given five, let me think, I've given Felix, Retro, Micah, Derek, and Stan, Keanu, uh, yeah, a couple, maybe there's like seven or ten, I don't know, like that, but, um, a bunch came as like purple belts, you know, people came as purple belts, people came as brown belts, people come as, as other, as higher belts, you know, um, but yeah, so brown belt on my own, black belt with Paul on my side. So at what point, let me ask you, did you make the decision? Is it, um, I've already asked this question. Yeah, 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 but it's like run a school. Like, to so. Run to make it. Okay. Right? Because it doesn't mean like, I want to make it a big part of my life. Yeah. No, but, but that, I want to make it my living. Yeah, but well, that was, you know, I don't, I don't want to work, bro. I didn't want to work. I, that's why I quit my job and moved down here. You know, so, so that was like, that was the intention. But like, I, when I was with Miguel up in Indiana, this was at, Towards like the end of his career, his fighting career, you know, he fought a handful more, more times, like corner for one. He got knocked out, and I was like, like in his corner, and seeing the uppercut, like not, and I'm like, oh my goodness, oh, like devastating to me. It's like yeah. a, a hero of mine, you know, um, and friend, like someone I consider a friend, you know, and and I, so dude, contact? yeah, yeah, I see, uh, and, awesome, and when dude. when I'm in that's Chicago, like for, for Naga or something, I'll see, like stay with him a couple other times, like like I stay with him. And, for Naga and like stayed at his house and 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 you know we drank together and you know see his guys the next day yeah and I know a couple of his students like we're I'm cool with some of the students that are now black belts one one a brown belt a couple black belts something like that you know yeah so I'm, that's cool man the connection you make in jujitsu for sure um they stay you know yeah, um it, it because because they're real and it's the same as skateboarding you know it's just, anything where there's a physical aspect involved like real no real oh you know it's like it's like yeah. saying you know but you you know someone struggled they've bled they've sweat it's like you just see someone do it, and you're like, "Oh, you spent ten thousand hours." You know, no matter how like much success they have in the sport, or like you just know somebody's done it. You know they're good enough. Like you know they've earned the right to be, you know, a black belt, or you know they're they've earned the right to like be skating right. Like, oh, you're you're a skateboarder. Like, ah, I know you. I've never met you in your in your life, but I know you. I know your experiences. We have shared experiences. You know, um, we've all struggled through the same misery. You know, everyone, everyone's had sweat in the face and that, and the drips of, you know, misery, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, everyone's had it. So. And with a weird, somebody's hair in your mouth. Yeah, my somehow. beard. Yeah, right. A ponytail. Um, yeah, so, so, so that's, um, 
that's when I decided to open a school though. Cause even though it was my last fight, I, tr- I was trained for my last fight when I was up there. Well, I didn't know it was my last fight. I'm no, I'm at Goldenrod right now. This is 2013. So this is before I, this is before I was teaching the classes at water, uh, winter, winter springs Springs and Patino was in Waterford, but I was at, uh, Goldenrod at the time, Golden yeah we, we were Goldenrod University at the time or Goldenrod in a, a, a colonial at the time, and um, and I had a good camp, came back had another couple weeks I did had like two or three weeks here and and had a good time, had a good fight you know I thought I won or at least you know I thought it was a draw worst case you know I got my face broken first round same Literally. thing first round. Uh, orbital broken. Orbital, orbital floor shattered. Like the orbital, the floor, like the surgeon was like, I've done hundreds of these surgeries. This is one of the worst I've ever seen. I was like, oh, that's cool. Thank you. You're like, I don't. Finished the fight. And I finished the fight and finished I probably shouldn't have, you know. Now that I lost, it's like, oh, I shouldn't have finished it. I lost. But li- literally, I thought I won the first round. He got a point taken away for holding the cage in the second round on, on takedowns. In the end of the fight, I was popping his arm. Um, Jay Presley, shout out Jay Presley. Um, he's, oh, dude. I just heard, you know, uh, about about Jay got like in a DUI incident. Like he went to train with uh, like Mark Lehman and those guys. Like he was, oh, he really? was on his way. Oh yeah, he was he was a stud dude. And he was like driving with some friends. He was out with some friends, you know, and like got in a car accident and like two guys died. And like he went to jail for like um, like 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 vehicle like he yeah, was about to get out. You know, like crazy. Just literally life's over. You had a kid, you know, like crazy dude. It could happen to anybody. You know what I mean? It's all about the choices we make. It, it, it is, though. It, 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 it really is. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and and, and a little bit of luck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. A little bit of luck, because 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 a lot of my friends have made the same choices I have, and they're not the same. You know what I mean? So a lot of, a lot of it has to do with luck. You know some of it, but um, but yeah. So so I saw. I, I saw Miguel a little bit jaded, like he couldn't. He couldn't give up the past either. He was still a champ in his eyes. You know what I mean, and it, and he was going to return to that. Like you know, I, he was going to be a world champ I think again. You have to be though. Oh, hundred percent. You have to. Uh, well, like, if you don't believe it, why it, would you do it? Of right? course not. I never got into a fight and it believed I was going to win. I never was like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. No, I went into fighting thinking I'm going to be the world champ. I'm going to be the best. I can beat everybody. If not, then why are you doing it? You know what I mean? Like, there's literally no point to me of trying something if I'm not going to try to do well at that. Be the best in the world. But now I realize, oh, you just be the best that you can be. Do the best you can do at it. You know what I mean. You, you know, and, but as long as that's a help, more healthy relationship with it. Yes. Right. Like, yes. As long as you're happy. Like so, you, you you're like you know I I don't want to fight anymore. I don't want to put my body in this. So it was it was just because like I I would go on a roller coaster and I was like this isn't fun. Oh like there's no thrills in life except for getting in a cage and like battling to the death of somebody. Right. And then I was like wow, I don't want that. And again, because I saw Miguel yeah, experiencing that, and I was like, "Is that like the future for me? Even if I become the champ, like at the flyweight division, like even if I'm the very best in the world at flyweight for five years, the flyweights fight twice a year. What are you gonna make? And back then, the flyweights. I mean, you know, I was gonna make what a hundred k, maybe you know." 
dude. You, you can do other things and not. You can do other things and not. Really, and the goal is always to do that and then open a school and have a school right. because I was teaching. I was like, well, I'm going to keep teaching. I'm going to have a school. And then I was like, realized, oh, wait a minute. Maybe you can just have a school. Maybe you don't have to like fight a lot more. I mean, I've got the experience. I fought. I don't have to like be the world champ or anything like that, you know? So I got the experience fighting. I'm glad I had it. And don't ever say it, never, you know? Right. I, I thought about getting back in there, you know? Really? Oh, oh, man. Okay. Mitch Mitch kind of offered me a fight. Like, you know, I was like, oh. I was like, you could convince me. And then he started, like, trying to convince me. I'm like, asked my wife. I was like, hey, what do you think about, like, I got in there one time for a pro fight because I never turned pro. And it's not a regret. Oh, really? Never turned pro because, well, again, back to the beginning, there was no amateur MMA in That's Florida. Yeah. So we had to travel out of state to get it. And then all of the cards in Florida were, were, were pro cards and they sort of dried up at that time as well. And not only that, how many pros were in the stable above me? So when there was a WEF, it's like Ralph and cap and all these other guys get on before any of the lower, you know what I mean? Like everyone has to get fights, you know? And so there were, there just wasn't the events. And so then we were going to fight amateur Florida amateur and they became legal a couple years later a year or two, you know, but then you had to have five amateur fights to go pro. Right. So then you had to get, I was like, all right, now I have to fight more amateur. And then pro fights were not a thing in Florida because the amateur leagues, they were, they were a dime a dozen and they were soaking up all the talent and milking the fighters. They charged more for tickets. I remember going to WS for 12 bucks or for free, right? They were cheap. The amateur fights, how much do they cost to get an amateur fight? It's 50 bucks. It's to, and you know it's because you're going to support your homie. You're going to support yeah. it's mom and dad and grandma going. And there's no sponsors. It's not sponsored by you know you know Jerry Smith Chevrolet and this because there's nobody on the card we're sponsoring. So they've got to pay for the tickets. I mean it's just it's just financial. It makes sense, you know. Um, but because of that, it's like well the promoters make just as much money yes. on the amateur fights or more than the pro fights. So yeah, they're, they're not having to. They're not paying the fighters. So so now there was no pro fight. So there just wasn't an option. And it was hard to get. And and why not? I was kind of out. He was like the manager of the gym. And the, okay. you know, there was Yeah, and I you know, I was kind of running my own camp man. And I had to cut this part out. No, you don't have to, man. I I love Paul to death, man. I, I fucking and, and I can, As we all do. Yeah, and and and, and I love him. And and you know what like like you like your wife and your kids you love them because of their flaws as much as they're you know what I mean like like nobody's perfect you know and and I still consider Paul like my guy even after everything you know and like and like he got me a black belt and but he asked me hey am I you still under me I'm like of course I'm still under you you know what, I mean? like, what do you I mean like there's any question you know what I mean like no way um but but my last fight. I was warming up in the back. Paul's back there warming us up. We walk out. Paul walks me out. Get in there. Fight. Get my face broken first round. Okay. But again, just, oh, my face feels weird. I didn't know it was broken. Whatever. You know, you don't, you don't think about that. Bettino comes up. I'm like, where's Paul? He left. He literally left. Between, like, he walked into the cage and left, and he went to warm up a little size more, or do you know what I mean? And that's cool, maybe his next fight or the fight after. But I'm like, you didn't tell me you were leaving, and now I like need you, and you're not here. What the fuck, man? You know, like, you abandoned me, 
You know, like, fuck, dude. Like, you left your kid at the mall, dude. What the <laughs> 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 you know, like, like. It's a younger boss. Yeah, for sure, for yeah, sure, hundred yeah. percent. And and I know he's better now. I see, like he, you know, and 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 the growth because of that. And but I I confront him after I had surgery in my face. I was like, I wasn't sure I was done fighting at that time. I went and tried out for the XFC. I like I wasn't done yet. You know. Oh, you were out there with like Julian and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went, no, no, not not XF. No, no, not his gym, but the, you know the XFC. Like, yeah, the, yeah it was like some weird thing in Tampa. No, 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 no. I drove up to South Carolina for one, but yeah, he he fought on the XFC. Okay. Yeah, I forget about that. Like Bellator back in the day too. Um, but um, but yeah, I, I wasn't sure I was, I was done yet. You know, but I didn't have confidence getting hit in it. You know what I mean? It was even now. You know, like it doesn't. It's not. You know, like yeah. Because basically the doctor before was like, oh, you got to be better than ever. And then afterwards, he was like, well, I don't know. I'm like, Bro, what do you mean you don't know? That's Yeah, I'm like, what do you mean? There's a, there's a polyethylene titanium mesh underneath my eye and 11 screws, bro. And it's like, <laughs> so that's cool. But so I, I asked Paul, man, like, what's up, man? Are you like with him? Are you with me? Are you not with me? Am I running my own camp? Are we, you know what I mean? Like, I put my faith into you and, you know, and... He, uh, he was like, oh, I'm going to start putting, putting a team back together. I'm doing and, – and this is – that. to be honest, that was probably the beginning. And that was when I I started teaching at Winter Springs. Waterford. Or Water, 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 Waterford. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, no, it was. No, you're that's right. It was Waterford. Springs, yeah. That's when I that's – yeah. Yeah, because I was teaching for Paul at, at Winter Springs, and I went to, went to Waterford. And he shut down yes. as well. It was kind of like around then, and I can't even remember, like, all the timelines together. Um, but, but, yeah, so – yeah, that was that was kind of like a hard time, man. And like looking back, I was like, dude, I was fucking depressed. I didn't realize it. You know what I mean? Like looking, you know, that's why I grew my hair and had the beard and all oh the my God, dude. So that's all really. That's all I mean, I had the hair and beard. I started to grow, but I didn't have. I let it go. You know, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I started to grow it, but I didn't. But I just I, I kept going, and uh, yeah, and I, I yeah, man. Looking back, I'm like, dude, I was super unproductive at the time, and like probably not in a healthy place. You know, but like all, all fighters go through that. You know what I mean? If you're again, am I going to keep going? And you're going to go through this eventually. You know, it's that's that's tough, dude. It's tough. Um, and in the end, like I'm glad I'm not fighting anymore. You know, like I'm glad I started teaching. Shoot, like I met my wife because you know, she yeah, came yeah. in on a Groupon to, to Patino's and like, hey, you know, <laughs> so it worked out. You know what I mean? All, all of it. You know, but I, I, um, I, and I'm. In that way, I guess thankful for Paul. You know, it wasn't the first time that he, that he bailed on me either. You know what I mean? There was another fight. You know, yeah. it, but it doesn't. It doesn't matter. You know what no, I mean? Yeah, it, I mean it, it, yeah, it's a part of who you are. And you know what? I look back and I'm like, God, was I not performing? You know, I remember Paul saying like, Oh, like, like asking like, What should I do? What do I need to do? You know, like asking him like straight up. You know, like, what, what? What do I need to do? Chance. You know, he was like, You need to get stronger. I'm like, Okay, well, like I, I was lifting. I was like, I'm gonna lift every day. I'm gonna start lifting. I started like, you know, lifting and. And my girlfriend's brought up Sizemore, but Sizemore and I were pretty much running our each other's camps at this time. Like we were just training each other. Which you is know crazy what I mean? Because like if you break it down to like white belt, blue belt, purple belt, brown belt, we're a purple belt and a, and a blue belt. A, oh, he's a white belt. I think he was a white belt as a purple belt. You know, and we're, we're you know, I was like, we're running each other's fight camps. And you asked this question earlier, but in into into like cornering at that time, I started cornering because again. And you're basing it based on like what you see on like TV. Yeah, well, like, and you don't you don't know because it's crazy. Like, you know, Paul I wasn't mean, running the amateur team. I basically cornered all you know, Cubero, 
and Sizemore and O'Toole and Sehebi and all these guys. Did Sehebi fight back then? He, I think he took a Muay Thai fight, right? He did. Yeah, and like I, I, remember I cornered a bunch of these guys. I remember one time at one of Dominic's early events, I, I had to wrap like five guys' hands and corner all of them. And they were like, fight one, two, three, and like seven, eight, and, and ten. I'm like, what? You couldn't have put him like, no, like, all right, let's wrap everyone's hands. When I'm trying to warm up, like, let's go. Like, you warm him up, you warm him up. I'm like, wrapping everyone's hands. Um, but, the guy you know, who's fighting, who's already fought, is now warming up. Yeah. Well, like well that, at that particular one, I, I wasn't fighting. You know, I was just cornering. But that did happen in Homa, Louisiana. So, Rich O'Toole, back, you know, this, is, this is the second one in Louisiana. I think it was my third fight. Um, third or fourth, and and we drove up. It was Sissio and and Rich O'Toole and I, and we. This is the weekend that the that the Fukushima happened oh my God. because Kalela again like calls us. We're all there together. And he calls us. He's like something really bad. He t- he doesn't call us. He calls Sissio and he tells Sissio not to tell us about the really terrible thing that happened, but tell him something. Tell him something happened, but don't tell him. I'm like. What? Like, what? Just tell me what happens. You know what I mean? Like, like it doesn't affect me. Like, okay, I get. Okay, well, that's terrible. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I literally on the other side of the world, and I, I'm, I'm fighting. I just, I'm not, you know, affected by this right now. Um, and we had to fight hometown heroes. You know what I mean? The kid I fought. Um, shout out to Sai. Had a jujitsu match against him afterwards, like as a black belt. Oh, really? As a black belt. So, yeah, Naga. Like, I was ref, like, ref him, and I saw him. Hey, what's up, Sai? He's like, oh, I'm competing. I'm like, really? Oh. If you don't have anyone, let me know. And he was like, I don't have anyone. I was like, let's go, bro. Let's run it back. And um, so we had a good fight. He had a uh, – it was the three of us. We warned each other up, wrapped each other's hands. Yo, we didn't know how to wrap hands. Oh, my goodness. This was the first time we wrapped hands. Dean Thomas, shout out Dean, um, was at Longwood at the time, and he was the guy. You know, he was, he was yeah. hooking himself with all the – you know. And he um, he told us, no, wrap, wrap your hands before You know, so wrap them up now. Get them wrapped. And I don't, I, he might have even helped us wrap our hands. And then we cut them off and slid them off and slid them back on and just retaped them. Oh my God. And like, so we could like have it ready when we went up there because we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. And so, um, so we did that. We had our, our hands taped and, um, and I go down to corner Rich and Rich has to fight this guy, Eddie Richard. Eddie Richard. And he, um, that's a really MMA fighting name. Well, it's a very Louisiana, Frenchy name. Yeah, yeah. Eddie Richard. Um, and, Think I don't know if he takes Rich down or like hits Rich pretty good or something, but but they're on the ground. Rich is in the guard. Maybe Rich pulled guard or something. And um, and Rich, I think he no he didn't TKO, him, but he rocked him with a punch from the guard. Rocked him, and I believe he finished him with an armbar and like right. submitted him with an armbar. I'm like, yeah, let's go. Went back up, get me warm, go down, and first round, just you know, we go at it hard and um, uh, definitely land some good strikes, some good exchanges. And then we're grappling. Um, oh, I uchimata him. And I think we stand back up and like uh, trying to darse him. And then we stand up out of it. And the lights turn off. We're, we're fighting in a cage outside with like floodlights. And the lights turn off. Poof, and it's dark. And it's like. Somebody, somebody forgot to put the extra quarter in there. No, someone stepped on an extension cord. It was oh, running through an extension cord, bro. And and so the lights go off, and there's like a one second pause where both of us pause, and the whole crowd's like, and then so she's like, get him! I'm like, ah! like like I ninja darts him. It's dark, and like get the darts. I roll to the ground in the dark, and like get him, like lock him in the dark. And we end up, you know, he gets out. We scramble, you know. There's a picture of me like rape choking him, like 
this thing. I say that these days. <laughs> Punch him in the face, and he just throws it. He's a purple belt, I think. I was, I was still a blue belt. He just got his purple belt. And uh, he arm bars me. And it, there's a oh. picture. It looks like like dead to rights. Like that, like the the, the Horace Gracie. Oh on yeah. Oh yeah. It looks like dead to rights. Like my arms extended, but like the video, it's like boop, and I spin the corner and oh, just like nice. start beating you know some more, and and uh, ends up like I break his nose and and TKO between rounds, and he ends up going to the hospital. And Rich's opponent's girlfriend buys us all dinner. Nice. <laughs> what do you? Um, uh, so these are your experiences. As yeah. A, you know, you, you, you transition from competitor to instructor. Yeah. You know, and, and one of the weird things, you know, like a lot of people will have to do this another day. But like one of the hardest things, like it, it, instructor role, especially in jiu-jitsu, is something that's thrown on you and you're not taught how to do it, right? Like where, wh at what point did you, Flip the switch and say, "Hey, like, you know, it's not about me anymore. It's about my students. And I, you know, my job now. I think you're a brown belt, right? You're not a black belt yet. When you open up your no, no, belt? I was a black belt. I, I, yep, yeah, for like six months, I got my black belt, and then you know, yeah. At what point do you flip the switch and you say, "It's not about me anymore. My job is to create more black belts." Man, you know, I, I don't think I ever saw the two as separate maybe even now like i'm gonna continue to do jujitsu and i'm gonna share my jujitsu with people and then they're gonna get better than me because they're gonna learn jujitsu from other people and from me that means you succeeded and that means i succeeded right and another thing i got from from tim you know my first instructor is like my goal is to teach you everything i know like he taught me that like i want you to be better than me i'm like oh yeah you know, so I always had that kind of mentality. I'm just going to keep training. I'm going to train other people, you know. And, you know, again, back to skateboarding. Like everyone's skating on the ramp together, and we all just help each other out. Oh, you need help? I'll do this. I've done this trick. Lean this way. Put the foot here. And it's like, oh, good job. Like, it, you don't think about teaching other people. It's just yeah. it's part of the culture, sort of, um, which I think maybe is actually kind of missing in those traditional martial arts. Um, it's when, 100% missing. Because, I mean, traditional martial arts, it's – there's a sole source of information. Sole source, dogmatic. Passed down. You can't, you know, like. Even some of the more traditional jujitsu schools are that way. Which okay. is, I mean, that's that's very unfortunate, right? Like, and maybe, and maybe this is the true differentiation between Brazilian jujitsu and American jujitsu. You know. Jujitsu. Yeah, it's just rules. It's just, it's just rules. Like, yeah. And, and Semantics. You, Speak of the dogma. That's actually the third well, time you mentioned dogma. My friend Ronaldo said it's not called Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Brazil. It's just called Jiu-Jitsu. But right. they came here and you no, know, there was Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, I mean, so you had to say, yeah, yeah. And it, well, the Gracie it was the Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. But then the lawsuits and yeah, 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 yeah. So that's literally the only reason for it. It's BJJ or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and not just Jiu-Jitsu. It's just Jiu-Jitsu. You know, exactly. it's just grappling and then rules. There's a judo, is it wrestling? You know, it, you and I had a very lengthy conversation one day when I trained with you, or I, I came to train, but it was this team. So we just hadn't bullshitted for a little bit. And you, you spoke about the idea of uh, scarcity mentality and uh, scarcity versus it's a like prosperity mentality, I think. Uh, or, um, I don't know, like scarcity versus, uh, versus abundance. Scarcity yeah, versus yeah, abundance. Or, two, right? you know, like, yeah, but is like, it half glass full or half glass empty, you know? And, and you know, like, is you don't divvy up jujitsu knowledge and 
there's no more. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. only 100 pieces of pie, and every, that's yeah, it. You know what, what's wrong with one pie? <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, and, that's a, and I think that's a very distinctly American thing, is that like, you can believe that. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I had this conversation literally yesterday while we were talking about the lineage and history during the promotion. You know, yeah. I was kind of talking about it. And, and uh, I think, actually, the Internet had a lot to do with this, okay? Um, because, you know, when we started, there was barely anything you could find about instructionals, and it was basic level, you know, and it, if anything. It was like the fucking Henzo Gracie tapes. Yeah, 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 like you could watch some competition, and that's where you could say, oh, this guy's doing this competition. You know what I mean? Like, that, I got to try to do that move, and you figure it out, you know? That's what I used to watch. And um, so I think there really was an aspect of like, oh, like Gordo is the half guard guy, yeah. you know? And like, like so you you just go to the guy that has the knowledge, and, and certain people, you know, Jeff Glover was the deep half. You, know, you have yeah. these guys that developed this game, and that's the only person that knows it really well because they did yeah, it. I mean, the De La guard yeah, was, yeah. was the first, not the first, because you see, you've probably seen those old videos of, oh, of, of Judo, Kosen right? Judo, right? But, but, but who put into a system that was really yeah. famous for it was, it was De La Hiva, right? And in, you know, the modern era of jujitsu. And so no one else knew how to do it as well. But if he had put an instruction on the internet or if, if a, white belt or a blue belt had come to his school which is again why like the tradition of don't ask higher ranks to roll i think actually came about right like now it's kind of like oh, who cares you know what I mean? yeah, exactly. you come and roll it's fun well the way that i look at it um the way that i used to think is well look i'm a the higher rank doesn't want to sound like an asshole and say no i don't want to roll with you i'm, I'm gonna roll with this guy because I want to do this, so he, so he doesn't want to say That's no to you, but but you know you've been rolling for a long time. Would you rather roll with your your four favorite training partners than the new Spazzo white belt when he asked you to I, roll? Yeah, which is fair. okay. So so I thought that was the reason for it, just because I like I don't want to say no to you because it makes it sound like I'm a dick or I'm a, you know what I mean? Or and, I'm and, and, or and exactly. Right? So there shouldn't have to be this interaction. You just avoid that interaction. But actually, I think what it comes from is probably the past schools or those past experiences when you don't know who trains at what school. They come to you and they're a white belt. I might and share that bit of information with you. That's, they're a spy from the, the rival school. Yeah, yeah, like trade secrets, right? Like they're, hey, let me roll with you. Then can I roll with you? And then you learn what they're going to do in the next competition. You go show your instructor and then they, you know what I mean? So I think that may actually be where it came from. And that's why, you know, when you ask the higher rank to roll, it's like you're expected to get smashed. That's like, there's that, there's that, there's that stereotype. Like if you go to one of these traditional schools and you just ask some higher rank to roll as a blue belt, you want to roll? All right, we can go. And then mush you into the floor, yeah. you know? And that's probably why that came about. Maybe I'm speculating, but because you're coming from another school, I don't know if you're really a white belt or you're a blue, but you're pretending to be terrible yeah. or whatever. And you're going to learn my secret move that no one knows because there's no video cameras. There's like VHSs you're holding on your show. You know, it wasn't a thing, you know? And so the, 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 there were trade secrets. There really were. Um, and everyone thought that they would never figure them out because they thought they had mastered jujitsu. They had the humility to think they'd mastered it already. <laughs> you know like you you're at what point because like you and i you know like i 
I say from Paul, that is Bob, but you know, Paul was never in the church yeah. at the point. At what point do you start developing? You know, because you, I mean, like I'm the flexi guy. You're the super flexi guy, right? Like, you know, oh man, I, knows you as I've always been flexi though. Where did you? Um, because we're all taught essentially a, a very similar way. Initially. Yeah, what, what, sure. With that curriculum, or not. where did you come into your own? Well, and I mean, what prevents you at this point, or where did you realize, um, as an instructor, I can't teach my game because it doesn't work for everybody? You know, like where did this all come along? Where, where you're, you know, you're a very well respected instructor now. You have a billion friends in the jiu-jitsu community. You know, like at what point did you decide I'm going to become the best jiu-jitsu coach that I can, that I want to create well, my belt? This comes back to that filter of jujitsu, okay? So, where not everyone can be very flexible and put their leg over their head to replace guard. If I can apply the the correct, or if I can uh, assess what technique or what filter I'm using to to put the leg over the head, so I, I call it the bubble theory. It's just, the bubble, okay? What's in front of me? Your knees, elbows, shin. Like yeah. this area is like your This is my bubble. Don't let someone inside your bubble. Yeah. If someone inside your bubble, it might be your Find bubble. a way to get your bubble back. It right? could be your foot over the head. It could be the elbow. But generally, it's going to be small wedge, big wedge, small wedge. Big, you know, you're going to yeah. put a little hand in. A little, yeah, yeah, exactly. So if that's your foot, because you can get your foot in, cool, use your foot. If it's your elbow or your hand, you can put, you know, like... There's never, again, a right way to do it. So, and even with those methods, I start to let people explore a little bit more. Like, oh, I don't teach the elbow escape anymore from side control. Like, oh, here's the elbow escape. You shrimp, you put the elbow in, you do this. Was well, it that you don't teach that or do you teach? I teach the bubble. I need to create space. I teach you how to, yeah, you have to make space. Then I have to I make, that, you, make frame. you make frame, then you bring another frame in. So this could be again. Now, now I get to teach the leg overhead, the knee in. I get to teach going to the knee. You can teach all these things without calling them. Here's the only way to elbow escape. Here's the way to do it. Cause I, I think sometimes, um, teaching techniques specifically, like this is the way to do it. You grab the leg right here. You get to grip here. You do this. That can um, be very restrictive to some people, um, paralyzing. Because the, at the same time, like I think maybe you and I have this mindset where at some point we chose to be our own. Not everybody who's paying for a service yeah. adopts that mentality. Sure. Right? Like, sure. So they, well, while you're teaching the traditional elbow escape, as a method of it, you know, not as the only way, a lot of people will interpret it as. Yes. Well, if I teach in a way that, that says, like, this is the way to do it, right? But I think this is um, what we're here to do, too. Like, as instructors, we're not just here to teach, like, what to do or teach or how to do it, but, like, how to be better people, right? Like, like everyone has the jujitsu success story of like, oh, I'm, I, I wouldn't be alive before yeah, for yeah, yeah. Well, the, the cliche, anything. Life, right? Yeah, but 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 realistically, like like 
what have you learned from jujitsu and the struggles from it and like the good and the bad and 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 you learn about people and the kind of people that they are and when they quit and when they don't quit and you know you learn all these things so, so it is very valuable and i think through the way we teach the way we the way we speak um we can ingrain certain ways of thinking into people unintentionally you, you, and you good and bad to me directly yeah that you know like and and it, it took me it took me a long time because it just it comes with the territory as you know and you know like no and i are just fucking goofballs right like and I, and I don't think i'll ever take myself seriously in fact like i still don't whenever i teach class i don't like people in front of me yeah it's, just, it's it's one of my philosophies about life is like i'm not better than you man like i've just been doing it a little bit longer right? yeah like i've had a little bit more time to experiment sure and uh you said to me though you messaged me privately and you said something along the lines of dude you don't realize this but what you say matters yeah and it could very well affect the way people perceive things yeah. and and we'll apply that to whatever it is they're doing at the time and I was like, that's a, you know, it really is, you know, it's a huge possibility. You know? When someone starts their journey, like think about when you were a white belt or in anything, you remember those first, that first year of yeah. Marshall and, and almost everything that everything builds off of that at that point. Right? And, like, and even like, but I've had purple belts now, the people that are more advanced, like, I remember this one time you showed a technique. I'm like, so what? Yeah. Well, that's garbage. Why would I say, you know, or, no, but, or, but, or you yeah. said this one thing and it stuck with me and I'm like, I don't remember that at all. And I don't, you know, and again, now refereeing, I, I, when I go referee at Anaga, I referee 80 or a hundred matches in a weekend. And then when I was refing three or four weekends a month, I didn't do the math times three years or four. You, of matches. And then you go, the next time to the the same place and then someone's like oh you ref my kids i'm like oh or they would say something to you oh you were so you did this and this i'm like oh cool you know, i don't yeah. i don't remember you you're just a face you know i, I mean some people i do remember yeah. but it's like i it's it, it, it sucks because I'm like dude you're so impactful and like i just ref in atlanta and this video started going around semi-viral of me dqing a guy and um and all the comments are like oh, that's not a dq it's not a da 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 and and then what's crazy is like how did that that's something that you've done that affected somebody else but now it's affecting you that's right it goes all the way around well but look like someone sent it to me the only thing i saw it because someone sent it to me a, a nagara sent it to me or something and 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 the kid i'll just explain what happened okay um it was um, a single leg, double leg, picks him up, and the guy grabs a guillotine. Okay. But then he holds him. He picks him up over his head, and he stops. I think he turns around 180 degrees, too. And he's like, stop for a second. And then he <laughs> spikes him into the ground. His feet leave the ground. And I'm just like, stop, like, stand up, I DQ him like, immediately. I'm like, if your feet leave the ground, it's illegal. Like, you can't jump, like, both of your feet yeah. can't leave the ground, A. B, 
a takedown in a continuous motion would hey, be okay. You literally yeah. had control with him in the air and you chose to drop all your weight on him. I'm like, sorry, that was a DQ 100%. So there was no question in, like, that it was DQ. The 10th planet or whatever you know what i mean and they were they you know, the coach posted oh can someone explain da, 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 da. and like an old naga ref just uh uh chimed in and um and she said she said oh yeah hey naga, ref, yeah, naga you know and like just uh basically explained exactly what i just did like it is oh okay well thanks for da, 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 da. but like every single comment was like that's not a gq oh it's not a so no like you're under this extreme scrutiny from people that don't even know the nuances of the rules, yeah. right? And so in the beginning, you're thin-skinned when you start refereeing. You know, I think that helped with, 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 with Coach and Sun too. Um, but you had thin skin. And so someone, a coach says, oh, where's the points? What's the advantage? And you, like, look at the coach and you start questioning, wait, was there something? Was there a point? Was there nothing? And, like, now I take great pleasure in ignoring the most vocal coaches. Okay. It's amazing. I'm just watching the match, and the coach will say, oh, where's the points for the sweep ref? And it was a reversal from Mount or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, it was, or it was like, where's the points for the guard pass? And it's no get not. There's no guard pass points. So I'm just like, oh, no, there's no guard pass. It's just two for the side or whatever, you know? So so you don't get the points there. So I, I already know there's no points. I, I know this. I, I know what I'm doing, okay? And so I, I you, you'll be watching it, and they'll just – Want you to look at them and acknowledge them, and I'll just ignore them. I'll well, your job is not ignore. Your job is to it's, it's to, a, the safety of the fighters. You're exactly. literally distracting me from this, and then so experience knows this because then you know because I've made mistakes. I mean, like like oh no because of, or I'll even say oh because there's no pass. I mean, just explain being polite. Yeah, and then now they're in side control or now wait he's how that happened. Because I looked away for a second to talk to the coach. Yeah. So he fucked himself. Like he fu- yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's like, 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 so, so I just ignore them and they get, and it's, it's so great. And then sometimes afterwards, I'll be walking up and then they'll be like, I was, just, I was just wondering about the, you know, and they're usually more respectful after the match, though, if you make yeah, them I mean, sit and I wait. Yeah. And it, yeah, emotions run hot, you know what I mean? And so there's nothing that positive can come from you, like talking to the coach and trying to argue with them or debate them about anything in the moment, you know what I mean? It's like, like it's cool, man. And the thing is, you, know? you do your job. Let me do. Let mine. me do mine. Yeah, right? yeah. You coach your guy to get to a better position and submit the guy, and I'll just score the points. And then if you do your job, my job is irrelevant. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so you, you, you've, you know, you, you, you've almost assumed every role. Well, actually, let me backtrack a little bit. We end that jujitsu. Right, I mean, you, you teach a kickboxing class. Sure. You teach it. I don't. I don't yeah. think You even have MMA. Nope. 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 Right. I was. I. I actually. I. I did a class. I had a class. And I was like, uh, I don't want this. Oh, I'll, every I, now and again, I'll throw striking, like striking for jujitsu or something in there. Or... Which is necessary. <laughs> yeah. Like it is. Part yeah. Of what you know, like you've now owned two schools at two different locations. Um, from my observation, I will say. They're drastically different vibes. Um, how did you come upon the, the the tribe and the vibe that you currently have arrived? That there was a sweet. Oh man. Um, you know, like you. 
I, I, you got a good thing going. Yeah. Like you've made more friends through this sport. I agree. Two questions. Number one, why does it always lead back to jujitsu? Despite I wanted to be an MMA fighter too at one point, right? It leads back to jujitsu. And two, you, you're, you've definitely you've found your niche. How how did you find that? And you know, like I like I feel as though you're truly expressing yourself right now. Yeah. What did it take for you to come to that? Paul Rodriguez. Paul Rodriguez. Let's yeah. hear it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I remember uh, when he started climbing mountains and doing all this stuff back a little while ago, you know, but he started making a lot of very authentic posts on Facebook and just like sharing. Which is crazy. Like, which is the true purpose it, of social media, by the way. It, I agree. Okay. Um, which I started to see and I was like, dude, Paul doesn't open up like this. This is, and like, you know, as much as I've, I've known Paul forever and I've worked with him and like the amount I know about his personal life is like so little, yes. you know, about like his pat or his history of like, you know, I've asked him certain things and, you know, but it's like, that's almost uncomfortable to ask about things like that, you know, and I'm sure he doesn't care. Every sure, time I ask him, yeah, that, that, that's you know? the thing. It's like every time I ask him about anything and I'm, the, and I'm the same way. Yeah. But then, do people think the same thing about me or about you now? The white belts that come in, it's, it's, you know what I mean. You know, like, like, is like there that that kind of? Yeah, I, I mean, like, and that's one of those things, man. Like, not to not to yeah, yeah, yeah. interrupt you, but like, as an instructor now, like, one of the things, and 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 I get it, like, it's just a part of the, the thing. But people, are, oh, professor, this my bro, like, coach this, like, hey, I'm Chris, you know, like, is is there a strength to that, like? Listen, and is there, you know, why do we call a sensei a sensei? Because they want to be called. No. Why do you call someone a sensei? Why do you, why, why don't you call, why don't you call is your sifu? Because they've earned it? Why don't you call your sifu a sensei? Why don't you call. Is there tradition? Is there dogma? I mean, like, I, no. I, 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 you're, I you're not I even there. Oh, this is, this is the easiest thing. I, I just gave you the answer, right? So why, why don't you call. Why do you call a professor professor instead of sifu or sensei or coach or teacher? Because it's just a language, bro. Yeah, yeah. It just oh, means okay, teacher. Fair. It's just like sensei just means teacher. Sifu is like instructor, my teacher. Like it literally means teacher. So and so we call them coaches here. You're a coach or you're a like it. It's a, a, a title that deserves prestige. A coach, like a, a, Does a it though? I don't know if you if you're if you're like I don't know coaching the Olympic wrestling team. If you're the head coach of the Olympic wrestling team, is that prestigious? Absolutely. Right, and so I like if you call him professor, like professor wrestler. I mean, I, I, it's just the language of the mar where the martial art originated. Of that's what you call the instructor. And now we're in America. It's very Americanized. So just coach or Dylan or whatever you call him, professor. That's cool. I don't. I don't really care. But I don't. You don't have to call him professor. Call him coach. And, call him I Dylan. Mean, there's a huge difference too between um, my. Wait, wait, wait. Unless unless you're competing on my mat, then you call me professor. That's it. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I mean, but like, there's a difference between two things: demanding respect and. 
command and respect is what you want. And so if you you can call me if you call me professor, but call me a fucking shithead, and you're like, and, and you don't respect me, then I, what's it matter? But if you call me if you call me donkey face, but you have the utmost respect for me, and you you like, yeah, then, yeah, like then cool. Yeah, I don't. And, and maybe that's a, it's a me thing. Yeah, not, not an ever thing. I like. I, I don't think I'll ever be comfortable with the idea of being considered a. a it, some some sort of authority. Authority. Well, I think that again, that's like in, imposter syndrome too. You know, a little bit. And, and, and which, like, I, imposter syndrome is such a weird thing, right? Like, because you earn it, but do you ever really earn it? Well, I think what's helped me recently kind of get over that is just seeing that everyone's full of shit. I don't know. <laughs> like, like, I mean, no, 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 not everyone's full of shit, yeah, but like, but like, everyone, like, like, I've seen. Like some very prominent internet instructors coach in real life at Nagas and other and see that and they are awful. The way they coach, the way they talk to their students, and the, it's terrible. Okay, and like you see them, and they've got thousands and thousands and thousands of followers, and they make money from instructionals and whatever. And they like, I'm like, you are terrible at communicating to somebody. A message and to like build them up to like but again like some people like to be yelled at and screamed at i guess you yeah, know Lot, like, lots uh, of kids were hit when they were kids because there is a certain level of marketing involved in the martial arts community that the average consumer doesn't realize that that's not necessarily the way that you right like, yeah and it's unfortunate, like, and, and, and that's, that's, you know, no one knows this. Like, I'm not a big hierarchy guy. Like, yeah. I can be here a little longer. I'll try to share my knowledge with you. But like, ultimately, you need to be your own professor. I think at the end of the day, what really, um, I think what really is different in jujitsu is that you can see like that somebody's a good instructor or they're good obviously they're a good competitor they're a good instructor you can see these things um maybe a little bit easier than some of those traditional martial arts yes when it is very dogmatic and like no they're just showing these five techniques you can shield yourself behind the curriculum yes. you know what i mean as um, long as you're good at teaching those five techniques or, or you can render exactly right, and and so and you have this system, this authority built behind you already. You know what I mean? And I, and I think in jujitsu, you you're your own brand, so to speak, unless you're America Top Team or Gracie Baja or something. But even then, like it, a very rare consumer that knows, like, oh, I definitely want to be an American Top Team. Like I wanted to be a fighter, America Top Team. That's where I want to be. You know what I mean? But I, I think very the it's a rare person that knows like you know one instructor from another at the local gym they might see gracie and like oh oh yeah gracie sure. i know gracie's you know what i mean but i i, I think which it, you felt pretty that which right? i feel pretty yeah. yeah well i and it signs people up for me it got me some people yeah, sure. you know I mean, and, and, nothing wrong about and that, you like, know at the end of the day for me it was it was, it was like i was like well i don't want to be mma so i'm not a very top team you know what I mean? And like, I didn't know if I could like, dude, can I do it with my own brand? Can I have my own, you know what I mean? And, and should I have this? So that fear everything? was always there too. Oh, for sure. hundred percent. You know what I mean? Well, I, at first I didn't think so. Like, no, I've got it. And then I was like, oh, I need this. And then I was like, no, I don't. 
because at the end of the day, it's really just who is, uh, who's on the mat, right? If, 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 if the person on the mat is relatable, most of the people, the vast majority, are going to stay there with that instructor because they're not going to want to be a world champ or be some world-beating MMA fighter or they're coming in. And again, back to the traditional martial arts versus what we have now, right? I think that that is the difference in culture. But we have a culture of like, let's train for a long time. We're training for longevity. We want to train for health. We're training because we want to be with our friends, right? And we're not training with the goal of being the absolute best in the world, nor do I think it's possibly the best in the world. Because there's only one. And, and, and you're not, and because the next competition you get beat and you're not the best in the world, there is no best in the world. That, that's just a fallacy, right? You, you, you perform the best on this particular day at this, you know what I mean? Like, but there is no, like, I mean, you could argue, uh, you know, a series of wins from, you know, against a number of people, you know, and, and so you could say, yeah, this guy is, is one of the best, you know, or that guy is one of the best, or, you know, there's people that have just performed really well, but also anyone could be beat on any day. You know what I mean? And then what if we just change the rules a little bit? Or what if we, you know, inject you into the world 15 years from now? You know what I mean? Like just, you know, you in your prime right now, 15 years from now, oh, wait, you're not the best anymore. It's so temporary. It's so temporary. You know, and all those conversations have always, I, I've never been in any of them, all the statistics and like, oh, so-and-so, this, I'm like, I air some people get really into it i think it's like that traditional sports thing you know yeah, rich, no, rich, honestly, rich is really into that you know the, the metric yeah 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 i'm like none of that stuff matters man i don't care you know i don't i'm but just here to do it yeah do you but you never answered my question why oh why do you oh why does it go back to jiu-jitsu well because why does everything so go back to jiu-jitsu well, I, I don't know I, what it is because well this like, is semantics again it's not jiu-jitsu it's not not Okay, explain. Well, it's grappling. Oh, I mean, like, uh, so just you know, <laughs> for, for jargon purposes, like, oh, I used to just do No, no, I, I understand, but 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 you're saying that 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 why the sport that we come back to, everyone wants to come back to, is jitsu, right? Well, Instead of MMA. kickboxing or MMA. Everybody, or saw, everybody, everybody okay. walks into your gym. I want to do MMA, right? Like, sure, but it's not jujitsu. Maybe, and you can say maybe it's, uh, okay. But everybody at the end of the day, grapplers, they, they, they leave Muay Thai, right? Like, okay, sure. Because, yeah, because, like, I'll agree. Getting hit fucking sucks. Um, is that why people gravitate? No. They can challenge themselves, but at the same time, learn some sort of mutual skill and get a workout. Like, you know, like, what do you think it is? Well, again, what? Grappling. I'll, I'll use that. Well, no, no, no. Well, I, I, was, I was going to, I, I thought the question was different. I thought the question was different. And so, so I was going to, to, that was going to be part of the answer. So, so it doesn't matter if it's jiu-jitsu now. So with, with that question, I think the answer specifically is, again, back to what I just said, the goal. The goal of training. What is the goal, the purpose of your training? Okay. Everybody is very vastly different. Mm, maybe. What do, what do, what do 80, what do 95 percent of the people come in and say they want? Self-defense, fitness. So, fitness. Like, they, they, yeah. and, and what are they really saying? What, what, what makes you go into a new place to try a new thing? You're bored and you want something to do, man. You're looking for some people to hang out with. You're looking for some purpose. Okay. Right? Well, let me backtrack. 
between your time now, you know, you 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 bet, invest far more time and energy into uh, what's it? What's it called martial arts? Jiu-jitsu. Okay, whatever. Yeah, sure. We'll, we'll call one. Why not skateboarding? Well, now I'm back skateboarding. And that's what I'm saying. Are do you plan on making like you know like? What, oh, what, I don't. I mean. I don't know. I might be open up a mobile skate shop or like another. Important parts of your life, you you know. Yeah. Well, man, equally important. I I would say with jujitsu, it is very similar in that it's um, individual, like it's your pursuit, but you do it with people but in jiu-jitsu people are required okay okay and moreover people that you trust are required yes okay um in skateboarding you can skateboard by yourself but you really do it like it's the same thing like the culture the people you skate with become like your crew, they're your yeah. they're your people, and they motivate you to do tricks, and you do you know, and you learn together, and you you blood you sweat together, you bleed together, right? It, it, very similar in, in in that respect, but you don't have to trust them the same way you have what to you trust mean? them. You, I mean, you you, you said yourself like you have to trust the people to respect the mats or the the. Yes. I mean, I, I, so you're talking about like you're you're literally not entrusting them with your. Yes, I'm trusting them to uphold a certain decorum, you know, just like you would expect someone in a hotel or in a shopping mall to not, you know, break windows or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a certain decorum expected of skateboarders. There's a skateboard society, which is very like it's counterculture, but it's very like no, but there are these rules you must follow, and which you know, (laughs) everything will happen, you know. Um, But but um, um. you don't have to trust that the people necessarily have your well, obviously you have to trust someone who has your best interest in mind in jiu-jitsu either, but they definitely They should though. Uh, yeah, the, rising tide rising tide, dude. Like I Well well like that. that's true, you know, but 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 they can have their best interest and know that their best interest is not to hurt you because then they don't have a training partner. That's just it. Right. right. Like everybody and you know, it's a very individual you have to have the mentality. And John Will, I just recently listened to an interview about this. Um, he talks about like the idea of he can pinpoint basically somebody who's in it for them versus in it for everybody, right? Like, yeah. And if everybody in the mat in it for everyone was in it for everybody, like you, you have no choice but to get better, right? Like, and there's there's something to that, like. Yeah, but I, but, you know, there's also the yeah. But there's a competition, you know, the friendly competition. I can't think that I ever, well, I can't think of, that I ever showed up to training because I wanted my other part, someone else to have a training partner. But I guess there was that a little bit. Like, I need to be there for them if they have a camp coming up or something, yeah, yeah. you know. I guess there's that a little bit, you know. But that's um, definitely not the case with skateboarding. Right? Like, no, there's no. You don't have to be there for. You know, you don't have to be there to train with your partner or yeah, do anything. Exactly. Yeah, it's not. It's not there. So it's very much more an individual pursuit. Uh, you know, pursuit in that regard. You know, so jujitsu I think requires a little bit more community to really make happen. I can go to any skate park anywhere and find the skateboard community. 
like I said, as soon as you see someone and they 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 roll around, they'd be like, you've been skateboarding for a while, you know what's up, right. you know, or like ah, you you don't know how to push, you know, like you just know, you you know right away that they've either sweat or not, and just like if someone's shadow boxing, oh, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, like yeah. ah, within, yeah, within thirty seconds, you know, somebody's been rolling, yeah, yeah. yeah. If if that yeah, you know like yeah, exactly. if that you touch somebody you're just like oh oh you literally grab them and they grab you and you're like oh you're a schizo yeah, yeah. oh or, you're a, or, or, or you just been training or you or, yeah, yeah, yeah you have no idea what's yeah, yeah immediately yeah. just the way they move yeah um but but that nonverbal communication is very important in skateboarding as is in jujitsu because you know you're you have to be aware of what your partner's doing what I'm doing what that group's doing. You know, in skateboarding, it's like we're communicating across the skate park. Like, hey, is it your turn? Is it my turn? Is it their turn? Is it, you know, you're kind of like, I'm going to go. I'm giving their body language, you know, and you're all communicating and you can't keep going because now you're a snake and you're, you know, so you, yeah, yeah, you, like you can't keep running into being everyone, being the schizo on the mat and like running. It's, it's the same kind of thing. Um, but, but why is it jujitsu, man? Why is it not Muay Thai? Why is it like. Well, again, okay, I'm so willing to bet money. For, for the fourth time, it's the goals, okay? The goals involved. Who wants to train Muay Thai? Who wants to train MMA? Fighters. Fighters. Okay. And even if it's not a fighter, even if it's it's whatever some person showing up for cardio kickboxing class or what, it's their flavor of the month. They're doing spin class. They're doing cardio kickboxing. They're doing step class. They're doing whatever. That's their like flavor. Jiu-jitsu is a martial art for, and, and it gives you something to work on forever. There's never a point when it stops becoming uh, challenging just on its merits. Like striking is hard if you work out hard, but it's not hard to like, are you, can you learn a new kick or I get, you could learn some spinning, flying Taekwondo. I, I guess. Things, right? like, yeah. And you can go spar with someone and learn how to put it together a different way or something. I guess at the end of the day, it's kind of what jujitsu is. It's always easy to learn one new technique or one new detail to make your whole game fit together better, or uh, or or just a whole new style. You can add in, uh, you know, the gi to no gi, or you can add in legs to no gi if you haven't done legs. Yeah. You can add, you know, there's there's so many different things, or you can just say, hey, I'm gonna get really good at arm bars and learn all the arm attacks and barato platas and taraco platas and all things. Like, well, I, there's all this stuff I didn't know about. You can learn everything, and so there's never enough time to get good at everything. Um, and in, in kickboxing, you can learn everything too, and you're never going to be the best kickboxer in the world. But also, like, how do you prove that? To go in there and fight, like, you know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, like, you can go pick, hit, hit the bag and kick the bag, and someone's been training for six months is going to pretty much look as good as someone that's been training for ten years hitting the bag, right? That's a really good point. Yes. Uh, you know, and and we are creatures in pursuit of of perfection, like 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 uh, specialization. Okay, specialization is key for the success of the human species, right? If we don't, if we don't specialize, and we all have to get our own food and make our own house yeah. and do all, like no, you get really good at doing you know one thing, and then everyone else can do all the other parts, and then you can get you can develop an area more. So that's why jujitsu, you specialize in it, and you can keep getting better at like kickboxing. Like, what am I going to keep getting better at? I mean, it's fun to hit the bag. You're going to stay in shape and you're going to, but what, what are you learning now? At the end of the day, like Bobby, I need to bring Bobby in for a seminar. 
Um, but he came you in. Know with, he lives around here. And he came in and saw me recently. Oh, yeah, really he awesome. came in and, and he was like, "Oh, if you want to do a sit," I was like, oh, "Yeah, we need to. We should." You know. We, we need um, to honestly capture as much of him, dude. Dude, Bobby is a a, a gem. You know. We, um, we need to find that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, those his his problems and yeah, I mean, everyone's everyone's got Everybody, issues. Everyone's, everyone's yeah, yeah, everyone's a weirdo. You know. Um, but but yeah, Bobby Bobby was great, man. Yeah. His lessons like stick with me too. Like like everyone that I've learned from in martial arts has given me so much, man. I I, I can't be more thankful. I I feel like I'm living a dream. I know you kind of said you you're are, living the like, life. It's, like it's I, awesome, man. I, I I had this goal when I came here, and it, it's changed so much. It's not what I expected. It's not what I anticipated. And now I've come full circle, and I'm skating more than I'm doing jujitsu. You know, uh, well. Yeah, I'm yeah, no, on the mat more, but no, pro, no, as far no. as like learning, I'm progressing again in skateboarding, and I'm just like I'm learning jiu-jitsu. I'm doing jiu-jitsu, you know. Um, you, um, you, I mean, like it's, it's amazing that you're still like learning, right? Like, dude, I, your... I have to. Well, and, and so that's why jiu-jitsu, okay? Because there not only has to be like learning. Like if if you learned. Even a, that's why you get the blue up blues, the, all, yeah, all that yeah. stuff too, right? You learn of, of this base of the vast majority. I tell people now, I mean, you learn ninety five percent of jujitsu at blue belt by blue no, belt, I, probably I, I more. Yeah, yeah, like, you don't really know how to do it, but you know all of the jujitsu, you know. And like purple belt is like, well, maybe you know ninety ninety you know eight percent at blue belt. You know, purple belt is like making that one one percent detail better. And the one percent detail more, and like like you're just trying to to get that last detail to make the armbar work. Yeah. Like everyone knows how to do an armbar, but you still can't do it. You're still trying to get the cross choke. Then like, why can't you get the cross choke? It's a basic choke, you know. Like, um, because you're trying to get those final little details to one hundred percent. You know, all of jujitsu literally. You, you know, a hundred percent of jujitsu to ninety percent. But how do you expand that last part? You know, yeah. or, or you know, ninety-eight percent of jitsu to you know ninety percent or whatever, or sixty-five percent or however it is, you know. And I, I think that always gives you room to work, though. Um, and in kickboxing, it just doesn't. I, I just don't think it's there. Um, the 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 ability to add techniques or or something new to keep it fresh. You know, you just have to train harder or get another fight or, or get your conditioning better. Right? Yeah, like it's it, always this very yeah. Yeah, it's very physical. Yeah, very, like, very much more physical too. I, I, I think jujitsu is 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 uh, much more cerebral than kickboxing. Even though there's those challenges and those puzzles to solve in your kickboxing and figuring out how to find counters and 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 the timing for holes and things, I think the 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 like jujitsu can be done extremely slow, as well as extremely fast, and you just can't do that in striking. That's the, and 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 and. Extremely slow and extremely fast. You're both learning either way. And you're learning different things too. Yeah, yeah. Very important things, right? Um, you know, I, I use this analogy too. There's a window. If you're really fast, I go in now. Right. If my time is really good, I can go in now. And I can have lots of time to get in through the window. Right. If I'm really strong, I go in now and force it open. Right? And right. like and go through it. Individual athletes, right? Like, sure, sure. So, so I think that um, having the ability to improve in so many different realms of it as well, because you can improve your timing, you can improve your strength, you can improve uh, your 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 technical your knowledge, technical, 
yeah, you can, man. yeah, and at the end of the day, how much, again, back to this word basics or fundamentals, you know, what are they? But like the basic closed guard bump sweep or arm drag moves to the back, like how many of those did you hit when you were white and blue belt? Zero. Never. How many do I hit now? It's the only thing I do. It's, it's funny you say that because, like, I think people confuse, and I, I've discussed this before. There's a difference between fundamental and basic. Right? I agree. Fundamental does not mean easy. Fundamental well, does not mean simple. Fundamental yeah. means necessary. Yeah, we can look at my thesaurus, and, you know, it's one thing. But, like, yeah, like, I, I, fundamental is, is, um, could mean basic or easy, but it can also mean critically important too. Yes. Like it is fundamental Founda too. Foundation. It's foundational. Yeah. Yes. And the foundational things aren't easy. Not necessarily easy. Right? Not, like, and, and, and in the beginning, you don't possess the timing. Yeah. You don't maybe possess the strength. You may possess the speed. And that's why people with attributes excel early in jujitsu, right? Your technical ability and your timing uh, the ability to squeeze the guard and like just yeah. hold these positions, your 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 physical conditioning, yeah, and all these things improve, and then you're able to hit the fundamental quote unquote techniques easier, right? Where in the beginning, I learned fancy moves. I, like I said, I, at white belt, blue belt, I started learning X guard. Well, it's because it worked, you know. And you asked like the, the the being small, and when did you learn? Like, well, I just had to learn being small because I was small, and everyone smashed me. It didn't work, and right. it's like, well, how do I teach other people how to do this? Well, I can't. I don't know. I just had to smash them, you know. You, so you just have to teach people what they need, you know. But again, if you if you teach them, don't let someone inside this. Make sure that you control the elbow. Make sure that you smush the knees. Make sure that you, you know, or don't let them smush the knees. Always, you know. Yeah, you can always reverse engineer, right? Like, yeah, yeah. what do you, you know, like, at some point, like, so let me ask you then, that I, I once again, I don't mean to interrupt. No, you're good. What do you, at what point do you expect your students to become responsible for their own? Oh, man, immediately. I think that's the correct answer. Immediately. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know. They're responsible for their own development as a person, right? They walked in the door to improve themselves, you know? So I think um, if they are not, if they come in here for one hour a day or two hours a day or whatever, a couple times a week, and they expect that to be everything they need, I think it's a little misguided, you know? It's a grill But that's also due to the hierarchical nature of the understanding of what martial arts Sure, sure. I, um, you know. I, well, again, you you empower people through not saying this is how to do the armbar. You say this is a way to do the armbar, and now there are other ways. But I, but they have to know, follow. Like, they have to control the elbow. They have to. For a long time, then, it's right? very hard. It's so hard, man. It's so hard. I mean, raising kids, it's the same yeah, thing, yeah, dude. Yeah, it's yeah, you know, um, yeah. It's it's really hard. And I, I, I don't have the answers. I'm figuring out. No, of still. course not. Really, you know, I, I don't think it was. The last conversation I had with my great grandmother, she was 95 years old, and I was 25 or 26 or something. Um, and I said, you know, when I was a kid, when I was real little, it seemed like all the adults had everything figured out. 
You know, it's like, it's time to go here. We got to go do this. There's dinner ready at this time. We've got, you know, we, can, we just, just know what, what to do. But as I've grown up, I realized you were just doing your best. And she would just like look at me and smile, she's like we just made you, you know. Like we struggled and we succeeded, and you know, all, at the end of the day, that's all you can do, right? We're all just, like I said, we're all bullshit. We're all, <laughs> we're yeah, all, no, we, we, we're we, all we, pretending. Yeah. But I think actually that helps me once you understand, once you realize that all the most successful people in the world don't have anything over which you have intelligence or minus some small degree of like genetic, you know, yeah. differences, but, but physicality or other things. And I realized I knew that physically growing up, I was like, Oh, so that guy can do that skateboarding. I can do it. If that guy can do that move like in jujitsu, I can do that move. If so, why don't I just do it? And so that's, that was the mentality I had with physical things, but I never really understood that. Like, Oh, that guy runs a fortune 500 company. It's not going to be different than me. It's just cause he just tried to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you just you can do anything you want. Like, that's kind of cliche. Like teach your kids to do anything. They can't really do anything, but they kind of can too. No, you can't just do anything, but if you with goals and determination and the right strategy pursue something, you can achieve anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's there's a difference. You can't just do anything. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, and that's <laughs> Mm-hmm. For like, it, it's it's applying the appropriate knowledge, finding the right opportunity, associating yourself with the right people. You know, it, it's all of the above. It's resilience. It's resilience. Okay. Studies, study after study shows the number one most important thing to determine success is just resilience. That he's, he's not willing that, to yeah. Not willing to quit. Yeah. That doesn't mean like beat your head in the ground, didn't work, beat the head in the ground, didn't work. Beat the, I mean, you have to make adjustments, you have to change. But like if you look around, and this is something that's helped me with my imposter syndrome in jujitsu as well. You know, when you look around at who is instructing jujitsu in Central Florida today, okay, as opposed to who was teaching in Central Florida twenty years ago, fifteen years ago. Okay. Well, it's just the people that are still doing it. I mean, yeah. if you are just in the industry and you keep doing it, you have to do a relatively good job. You can't be terrible because no one wants to learn from you. Right. But if you know what you're doing, you pursue it with with passion and you, you have intent in your goals and you don't quit, you're going to make it like in anything, in anything. I really, truly believe that if you just look around, it's the last man standing. And... I Man, wish like, I, I had known so that. Shape, like, I it? wish I had known that skateboarding. Really? But also, I wish I hadn't. I'm glad I, had, I didn't yeah, because, because now I'm here. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Okay. Like, I kind of gave up on skateboarding when I was 17 because I saw these little kids coming. I'm like, yo, I can't do any of those tricks. No way. But if I was 10, 15 years later just do, in the industry, I would have been you know, working for a shoe company, doing something, running yeah, something. Still being a mechanic, it, whatever. Right, like, well, no, but I mean, maybe I've been working in, in the skateboard industry or yeah, done like, right. like I'm always going to pursue something that I love. There is no way in my life that I can ever do a job that I'm not passionate about, that I don't love. And so at the end of the day, I was always 
am always going to do things that I want to do. I cannot possibly imagine trying to do some job just to get a paycheck. I mean, I've done that, but I'm doing this just to get the paychecks because I'm over here achieving my other goal. I already have something on the back burner or something I'm pushing towards actively. I have this goal, this overarching thing that I know I will be successful. I've always had that. I've always had passion that I am 100% dedicated to, and there's zero doubt in my mind that I'm going to be successful. I've never doubted myself in that. That's like, fucking awesome. Like, do you suppose that's a thing that is – because I, I, I'm the opposite of that, right? Like, I, I don't know whether it's an inherent thing or, you know, just that your parents were, like, raised to believe in Like, what – you know, again, I, I hate to say it, it, you know, it probably is genetic. It probably has to do with my parents. You know, what came first, the chicken or the egg? You, yeah, you, you know, this is the thing, you know, but, but um, this is something that skateboarding taught me, you know, for really? a very little kid. Just, you know, when you, I want to land this move and I would fall 10 times, 20 times, 30 times, 40 times, 50 times, and then you land it. Yeah. And now, now I know I can do it. Now I know I can do it. Okay. Awesome, and it's amazing when you would fall 10 times, 100 times, and then you do it, and then you do it twice in a row or three times. You like, you realize that it is literally confidence. And even now, I know this. I'll be learning a new move, and it's, it is 100% confidence. If you go into it and you think, I'm going well, to get this arm bar on somebody, then you're going to get it. But if you're going with Paul and you're like, mm, am I going to be able to get this on him? You're never going to get the arm bar. Right. But if you're going with him like, I got this arm bar, then you'll get it. Or at least maybe you'll get into it. Then he'll escape. You know? yeah, yeah. But, but, but it's when you start doubting that you can do the thing that you start looking for a way to escape or a way to let them out or a way in anything. Right? We do it to ourselves. When we doubt that we can succeed, we will find a way out. Always, always. Because we always want the easy path. Because that's, we're, we're humans. Right? We're humans. And I remember another reason that I probably shouldn't fight or compete, you know, like, is it, is it kind of, it takes me to a place that's probably unhealthy mentally. You know, I, I I have this, uh, this drive where I can't fail, right? Again, I I cannot fail. Okay. So I would make silly goals for myself when I'd be riding to class or doing cardio sprints on the bag or, or something like that when I'm doing some super intense workout. If I do not make it to this goal before this time or before X, Y, Z, my girlfriend will die or my mom will, or what, like they will die. Well, I wouldn't fail. Oh, okay. All right. I wouldn't fail. I gave myself, I would not have an option to quit. These aren't tasks like I have to do this arm bar on this guy because that is like – but it would be like if it's a mental thing, like I have to push myself this hard for this much time and if I quit, then something terrible is going to happen, then it's only me, only me that's going to quit. And so I would just force myself to go. And so I, I would do things like that all the time and I, I know for a fact it's not healthy. But I remember Paul told me this. I don't know how true it is or where he read it or what power lifter it was, but, but he said – he was a um, – we're going to think about a powerlifter and, and they asked, someone asked him, um, you know, what do you think about before you, you, you pull the bar off the floor? Like, I pretend that my daughter is underneath of it. 
and she's crying for my help. And that's it. Like, I, I will not fail. I will rip the bones off, like the muscle off my bones. You know, like I can't fail at something. Like, but I, I know that's not healthy. So I won't do that. I can't pursue like that anymore. You know what I mean? Like, because <laughs> you know, I, I, I can imagine if something didn't happen. You all got home and something though. happened, I mean, and you. Yeah, like you can. You can. You're doing that now. Well, but you're you're, you're in a healthy way. In a healthy way. I, I I've I've do, I've coped with know. it. I've coped with it. I, I realized that like that that endless pursuit for absolute like perfection of achievement or whatever it is, is just like it's it's impossible because you're never satisfied, right? And this is short-term goals. This is short-term versus long-term goals, right? If you have the goal of why do I train jiu-jitsu? Right? Why do people train jiu-jitsu? You have a long-term goal of like having fun and training jiu-jitsu. Oh, training jiu-jitsu is fun. I have fun. I train with my friends. I stay in shape. It's activity. It's exhilarating. A little bit scary sometimes. A little bit, you know what I mean? Like you get all these things. Um, but if you, if you, um, I lost my thought. It's a scary thing. <laughs> uh, it's scary. Um, uh, um, uh, Jitsu. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's from like a healthy training mentality to you know. Yeah, um, healthy training mentality, and I and and I think having the having that that those healthy goal setting. Like now, my goal isn't to be the the best skateboard. I just, I just want to skateboard forever. I I just want to do jitsu like, yeah, forever. The process, right? And yeah. Yeah, and that's something that that you know. Shout out barbell medicine. Everyone go listen to barbell medicine. <laughs> um, um, Jordan Feigenbaum, man, th those guys are awesome. They're very big on that placebo, nocebo, how you frame messaging, how you frame what you should do, what you shouldn't do, um, and and how uh, how goal setting can really negatively affect you if it's that short term goal setting. You know, to reference something easy like weightlifting, it's like. If your goal is to deadlift 405 and then you deadlift 405, then what then? What then? What then? I did it. What's the motivation to keep going now? That's a um, that's that's a very interesting thing. Is like I just recently finished Atomic Habits, and they talk about like it's sort of like a what then thing. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, like if your goal is to just do this thing. To be the world champion. That, right? like, My goal is to be the world champion in jiu-jitsu. Okay, then what? Then you're empty. Exactly, right? Like, is that a truly healthy goal? Sometimes it is, if, that, if that's what you need, right? Like, and, but at the same time, it's like, there's a difference between saying, like, I'm a jiu-jitsu practitioner. Yeah, versus I would like to have success in jiu-jitsu. I want to have, you know, and, and I want to have great success in jiu-jitsu. I'd like to be owning a school, I'd like be winning some yeah, tournaments. Like and, like, to some person, like, winning a tournament, but I don't remember, I don't know who the weight class winners of the world championships were from three years ago exactly. of all the weight. Like, who cares, bro? It doesn't matter. It's only jujitsu, bro. You enjoy it. It's only jujitsu. Shout out to John Hagopian. It's just jujitsu. No, <laughs> it's, it's not that important, man. Like we, we, you know, the things that are very important to us, we also tend to 
put this external importance on like it is an important thing it's like no 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 just because it's very important to us doesn't mean it's actually important like in the grand yeah, scheme yeah, like, of like your well-being yeah like, you know what i mean yeah, yeah like, you know is, there's this that, what is that, that that reducible like you constantly reduce things it's like and i think everybody needs to do that thought experiment is like why do you do this Oh, because I want to be healthy. And what then? Are you healthy? Are you healthy? You know, like, and, then, well, and that, well, I want healthy. And what then? You know, like, that's it, exactly it, it, where I'm at in my jiu-jitsu right now. Because, like, well, I, I wanted to achieve black belt. I wanted to train, you know, and I want to own a school. And I want to, you know, I, I want to do jiu-jitsu. Well, I'm doing it. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't need to continue to, like, train five days a week to become – like the the best local grapple in the world, <laughs> like I don't yeah, know, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I I just I, I I know right now in my life I'm 35, two kids and a wife and a million passions and things that I would love to do and not enough time to do any of them. I know for a fact that even if I dedicated the time required to train hard enough to put a realistic attempt at like some big jujitsu, you know, like what, and even, and would I be miserable for a year and a half to like train and then do nothing but train? Like I did that. I did that. I'd train every single day and I grew because of it. I loved that I did that. But now I'm like, I, I've grown past that. Yeah. And, and, and that's a cool thing is that the fact that you, you realize like, number one, it's healthy to change. Yes. Number two, uh, you, you can I'm like, what the hell is that? That's a squirrel. For rat. sure, rat. Yeah, yeah. Is it really? Yeah, for sure. I, started, I, I heard something in here. I did too, actually. I thought someone, I saw, someone said they, they, they saw the, the doors were open, but like a rat around because of the, all these are connected. Oh, you know okay. what I mean? They're all like. Well, wait a minute, you know, there's, there's holes in, like, all the, the doors, you know, uh, like, all the, you know, there's holes in the walls, like, like, at the rafters, and, like, they just live wherever, who knows. So, so closing thoughts, you know, we, we've both been in this game now. Your, your motivations is not once interesting in martial arts wise. Which is most people's motivation. So, the question I ask everybody is it's a very broad question to answer however you want. Why do you train? Well, I did do that. I won the reason I started. Well, back in the MMA, can I get punched? Can I deal with that? Can I defend myself? Could I fight back if someone, you know, because that, that was definitely. Like the question in my head. That was in the back of your head. For sure, 100%. You know, like, like yeah, the sport of it, but, you know, that's how you train for fighting. You know what I mean? So yeah. I was like, can I fight? I don't know. You know, like, I, maybe, probably not. <laughs> maybe. Uh, uh, so um, I think I probably mistakenly gained the confidence that I could, quote unquote, defend myself in the street or whatever. Pretty early on in my judo jujitsu training, and but realistically, you, you probably can. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you, you, you probably I, can. Yeah, I mean, I I, I I had an interaction when I well, I had a couple 
you know, little ones when I first started, but, but, but the, the biggest one, when I first moved here, I was living in college apartments, you know, and I was probably training six months under Paul. So maybe two years total, you know, and had a, uh, had a party and a friend from upstairs, you know, the friend trying to, you know, get a girl. Cause that's what guys fight over. And some dudes fought. They fought. Cool. Well, he wasn't done. He still wanted the girl, even though she wanted the guy that lost the fight. Right. And so I was like, no, relax. They're going to call the cops. Da, da, da. He's my friend. He lives across the, the hall from me, you know? And he's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm going to knock his teeth out or whatever. And I was like, like, I take him down. I held him in psych control. Really? I held him down in psych control. And he's like, I'm going to gouge your eyes out. And I'm like, if you gouge your eyes out, I'm going to rip your shoulder out. You know, like, don't do that. And uh, and he did it. And he, like, tried, you know, I held him tight. It was maybe 20 seconds. I don't, you know. Yeah. And he was like, let me up, let me up. You know, you're going to calm down. You're going to go upstairs. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm going to let you up. He got up, went upstairs. Didn't see him the rest of the night. Next day, thanked me for, you know, holding not, him down. Not taking his shoulder out. Yeah, really. not taking his shoulder And not let him get in a fight and getting the call, the cops called and getting yeah, him in trouble, you know awesome. what I mean, for, for a party. So, you know, so the re reality is, like, anybody that trains for six months, a couple years, you have the skill set to defeat an untrained opponent do you have the mindset to be able to beat the confidence required to be able to beat that person i don't know i i still don't think i do so like that that's just it's a crazy so that yeah and that's something that can you train that in the first place i don't know is that something that's trainable maybe yeah thank you Dude, I, I, we, we moved on. This is a show <laughs> really Three, three hours. Oh, too long, bro. I can't believe it. This is awesome. Yeah. yeah.